You know when they say this person does not need introduction. Well, this is one of the persons we have with us today, and I will still introduce him. This is five-time All-American, ACC champion, ranked top 10 on UVA lists of all time in every throwing in event, except javelin. He is the strongest man in almost every way from he walks in. Always lights up the room. He is smart, humble, and just all-around awesome guy. He was, is, and always will be a crucial part of UVA throws. Ladies and gentlemen, Ogenach Pobo Efekoro. Guys, this is Pobo Efekoro. Uh, best throwers of all time at UVA. Uh, undoubtable, right? And uh, Pobo, thank you for your time today. Absolutely, coach. It's a pleasure. Uh, well, you know, not too, never, never too busy for UVA. So awesome. Well, thanks. How's everything? Uh, obviously, DC is has some issues with uh, with coronavirus. How how's everything on your end? Uh, so everything is okay. Uh, I think first and foremost, uh, you know, me and my roommate were very happy that we've been healthy. We've been uh, quarantining for the last six, seven weeks, and neither of us have contracted the virus. Uh, so we've been very careful in how we move about uh, going to do grocery shopping and, and you know, we have masks at home and, uh, you know, we're very judicial as to how we go about just moving around. Um, I think one of the things that we're experiencing is obviously there's, you know, when you go to supermarket, there's lines to go into the supermarket and get food. Uh, so we know that, um, you know, so and. Uh, you know, state of Virginia, we're still under a state of stay at home, stay at home order until I think June, something like that. So um, this is going to be our, our way of life for another four weeks at minimum. Okay. And uh, okay. even for work, right, even for work, right, it's going to be a very slow process for us to migrate back into the office. So yeah. uh, I expect that I'm probably going to be working from home for the next, uh, at least for the foreseeable future, four to six weeks at minimum. Mm -hmm. uh, but you, you make do of what you can. Uh, I miss the office. I only live five minutes away from my office. Okay. Uh, so, you can walk. <laughs> so, well, not walk, a five minute drive. Uh, but, um, you know, uh, uh, you, you do what you can, right? And at, at, I'm just blessed that uh, everybody's that I know is healthy. I haven't, I haven't met or heard of anyone in, you know, my inner circle of friend circle who's contracted the virus. So, uh, I'm happy that everybody's doing well. Yeah. How you're handling? Uh, you're an outdoor kind of guy. How is it uh, affecting you? <laughs> oh, I, 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 I'm going insane. Um, I, <laughs> I, I hate being indoors. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, especially around this time where the weather's so beautiful. You want to go outside. You want to train. Um, so yeah, it, it's really tough to be stuck inside. So, um, and I've kind of it's very easy to fall into the habit of not going outside as well, right? Like you, mm -hmm. get, you, you, you work all day. You're like. I don't feel like walking outside and taking a walk, right? It's bad, yeah. right? Um, so one of the things that I've been trying to do over the past couple of weeks is get out of that habit, right? Okay. Uh, slowly starting to work my way back into training on a consistent basis, right? Even if it means, uh, you know, just going, going on a run for one mile or, um, you know, going for a walk to get a breath of, breath of fresh, fresh air uh, or, um, you know, trying to see what circles are open in, in Northern Virginia that I can go throw at, yep. right? Yep. Um, I think those things are important. I think the trying to get back to normalcy is critical right because mm -hmm. you know 
yeah, like the Olympics for 2020 has been canceled, right? But 2021 is, yeah. you know, next year. So the, yeah. the, the, the goal is to prepare for the 2021 season, right? Yeah. Um, so last week I went out and threw for the first time in like five, six weeks. Okay, how was um, that? Yeah. Actually, it was better than I thought. Okay. <laughs> yeah, for the most part, like I was moving pretty well. Um, you know, I, 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 um, I was moving pretty well. I had some uh, pretty good throws with the I think a 13 pound shot. So that's probably what I'm going to start okay. throwing for the okay. next, like for the next month, just to break my way back into it. Uh, but yeah, like I felt pretty good surprisingly, because I thought that you sit down all day in your chair and you'd be super tight. Um, but no, I went to the, I went to the ring and I was moving pretty well. Um, obviously there's going to be some technical things I'm going to have to work out, you know, to, you know, over the next couple of, you know, next month or so, but yeah. Uh, so it was a great starting point for having to prepare for 2021. So I'm very excited. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really good. So how is it? Let's uh, start from the beginning. We have a lot of questions for you already, but uh, <laughs> one of the main questions that people always wanted to hear is how did you get into throwing in the first place? You're a big guy. Why don't you play football? So yeah, why track? <laughs> so, uh, so I got into track my sophomore year of, uh, of high school. Um, so what happened was, I love telling the story. Mm. I was playing football, tag football, flag football in a gym class, right? In the, okay. in, uh, in the 10th grade. And one of the track coaches noticed, I guess, my athleticism. And he was like, mm. oh, this guy's, this guy's moving. Like, you know, is he, is he a sophomore? Is he a junior? Is he a senior? And uh, one of the guys on the team was like, no, coach, he's a sophomore. He was like, he's yeah. a sophomore? Yeah, get this guy on the team. <laughs> so, um, you know, so, uh, you know, he, he approaches me. He's like, hey, man, like, you know, like, why don't you come out for track and field? I laughed at his face. I was like, what is track? Dude. What do you mean what by track? Track? You want me to run? <laughs> he's like, no, not run, throw. So I'm like, oh, you mean the shot put? You spin around, you know, you throw. He's like, yeah, 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 there you go. Um, so he wanted me to come out for indoor season, but I couldn't because I was on the junior varsity basketball team. Oh, okay, so for okay. those who don't know, that's right, that's right. I played two years of JV basketball before I went to track. Um, mm. So, you know, a lot of miles, and a lot of cardio. Oh, a lot of miles and a lot of cardio on, on those legs. So uh, I'm just like, okay, all right. Well, yeah, like I'll come out during the outdoor season. And a lot of people thought that, oh, like he's, he, he doesn't mean it, right? A lot of basketball guys, they say they're going to come out for track and field. Uh, yeah. And it, right, but I actually came out like when the basketball season was over, like two days later, I went out to the track, you know, and, and learned how to start, you know, went through plyometrics and stuff and, you know, learned how to start throwing the shot put. Uh, so that's how I got into it. And now it's funny because, uh, like, I did very well my sophomore year, right? Like, I got to cities um, in the shot put and a discus, and I was very close to, I was very close to getting to the state championship in a discus. Um, I threw like what did I throw? I threw um, I threw 129 feet in a discus. Was that stand throw? Stand throw. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know how to spin yet. So, but I threw 129 from the stand, uh, and uh, and I was really I was like I was like if I had finished second at cities, mm -hmm. uh, I would have I would have gone to state. But I think I finished fourth that year. Oh, uh, so, kind of a bummer. So. Uh, you know, I'm like, okay, all right, it was a great season. So I did had did pretty well at cities in the shop. I think I finished like seventh or eighth, I can't remember. Mm -hmm. Um, and then during the summer, uh, it was an election year, right? Because Obama was running for re-election. So I decided as a kid, let me go volunteer for his campaign, right? Nice. So I'm supporting 
uh, his reelection campaign in 2016. And, you know, mm -hmm. I'm done. That's long hours, right? I'm exhausted. I come back to school and I want nothing to do with track. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I just want to, I don't want to, I just want to be a normal student. And I've been trying to avoid the indoor track coach for the longest time. Like I, I like, I didn't want to see him. Okay. And one okay. day, one day I, I walked out of the bathroom and there he is just staring at me. Right. He was, I just, I just, I just, I just walked into him by accident. Just like, Hey, Bo, we need you on the team. You can do good. And I'm like, crap. This and I joined the team. Again, <laughs> I joined the team and uh, went to the state championships that indoor season mm -hmm. uh, through, what did I through? 51, 50 feet, 50 feet, 10 from, and, you know, as a glider through 50 wow. feet, 10. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, outdoor season, I won my first city championship as a junior. Uh, that year, I threw 56 feet from a stand throw. Um, <laughs> that's that's really good. That's really good. And uh, I I I threw uh, I threw 18 meters at the state championship that outdoor season. Wow. Yeah. Um, so uh, I I just um, I just had a great day. Really, you know, had a good feel for technique and mm -hmm. um, and then. That was one of the greatest that was that was a really incredible state championship because you had think about all the throwers that are throwing professionally now that are that are that yeah. are you know that I mean not throwing professionally but the amount of collegiate throws that competed yeah, that yeah, technique, yeah. right? Ben Bonhurst, um Eric Favors, Noah White who threw mm -hmm. for U Penn, um Billy Bishop, also a guy who threw for U Penn. Um mm -hmm. so Devon Patterson who threw for Buffalo. Um so you had a lot of division one throwers. Mm -hmm. you know, that year and that, you know, uh, and then the next year too. So yep, yep. Amanda Call started coming in and then track pretty much became a full-time job. So, um, yeah, so that was, that's my two year story of how I became a track and field athlete. So you were hooked then. So you were hooked to track, I guess. Yeah. Uh, after that in uh, terms of, and how different or how was the recruiting process for you now, uh, knowing, you know, knowing what you know now, what would you do differently or, what were some um, what were some uh, difficulties that you went through? Because obviously you were very talented, but you haven't thrown it nearly as far as you should have, yeah. because uh, you didn't train much, right? Yeah, yeah. At, at this point, so how was recruiting for you? Yeah. Uh, so recruiting was recruiting wasn't too bad, right? Um, I wasn't getting recruited by like your big name schools in the SEC or the Big Ten. Uh, I think Iowa might have reached out to me, but I already signed. To, I already signed with UConn after they reached out to me, so okay. I wasn't going to decommit. But um, yeah, like I'll tell you, some of the schools. One of the first schools that reached out to me was Cornell, um, and um, and it's funny because I kind of reached out to them first, right? Like I filled out the questionnaire forms, and the next thing you know, I get a phone call from the coach the next day. So awesome. it goes to show you that if if you're watching those 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 questionnaire forms, coaches look at that, right? Now, that's serious, right? Yep. Because I filled out those questionnaire forms, and like a day or two days later, coach coach would call me and say, "Hey, man, like I you know I saw you fill out this form. Like, you know, are you interested in UMBC? Yep. Are you interested in Cornell? Are you interested in you know Villanova? Right? Um, yeah. So you know those forms are really important. Uh, so Cornell recruited me, and then after Cornell, um, I think University of Vermont. Uh, talk to me. I filled out a questionnaire form for them, and then um, and then uh, and then some of the letters started rolling in too. Like the Naval Academy sent me a letter. Um, Columbia reached out to me, but the issue of Columbia is that obviously I didn't, you know, I was a B student in high school, right? Like, I, you know, I wasn't like an A student, so you know, having grades was kind of a stretch to get into university like that. Um, and not not to say that I didn't care enough about school, but it was just like I had so many other activities that I was doing that 
you know, there's only so much you can do that I could, that can dilute, you know, from the, from the, you know, from your academic performance. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so you had so many other schools, so it wasn't too bad, right? Like I had about, you know, uh, you know, seven or eight schools reach out to me. Uh, but like I said, it wasn't, wasn't any of the big name schools, right? Like I didn't have anyone from the ACC reach out to me or the big 10, the SEC, the yeah. Pac-12. I think the only power five school that reached out to me was, um, was Iowa. And they ordered, they reached out to me after I committed. Um, so at the end, uh, I think it came down to UConn versus Cornell. Um, and I just didn't think I was, was sure enough that I could get into Cornell with the grades that I had. Um, so I chose UConn and my mom and I we went to UConn and uh, it was a beautiful campus. So we really liked it a lot. So it made a lot of sense. So, yeah. um, so that, so the recruiting process wasn't too bad. Yeah. Now, I like that you mentioned that how you uh, fill out the questionnaire and that's and it definitely something that coaches uh, as coaches we do check uh, and this is a little bit before kind of social media all the craziness that uh, started happening in uh, in terms of throwing and everything else you know 2015 16 17 uh, we don't have access as coaches to go we don't have ability to go and see all of you throw, right? That's true. So your yep. marks were deceiving. <laughs> so <laughs> you threw far, but you didn't throw really far, right? <laughs> like you see the name on the paper, and you're like, you know, 50, you know, 56, 58, whatever, right? It's it's good, but it's not at the time when I was here, we had Philip already, right? So we had yeah. someone like Jordan coming up. So it's not a guy, no, right? No, makes like, sense, yeah. 70 plus, right? But what I didn't know is what I found out later, how incredibly, incredibly talented you are. And you threw that with almost a stand throw, right? Yeah, my, so, my, my personal best in high school was from a stand throw through like 60 feet. Nine so and, filling uh, out that questionnaire helps a lot because uh, we didn't have the questionnaires at the time. There was yeah. one or a couple of years we didn't send them out. Uh, so we missed you, but we didn't miss Christine, right? So there she, you go. Yeah. we didn't see this. Same thing. I didn't see her. I never saw her throw. Yeah. We received a questionnaire from a girl and says, you know, 41, you know, pole vault. I'm like, okay, let me check this out, right? Yeah. But I didn't get that with you. So, yes, questionnaires are very important, guys. If you listen to this, Bobo just give you a very good advice. Uh, they're very important for coaches to, uh, to get to know you if you're not, you know, putting your numbers on social media uh, or they're not like this year, you're not able to throw, right? So, that's okay, true. Juniors this year, that they're not able to compete. Uh, so that's a uh, um, that's a really tough thing, right? So you have mm -hmm. to kind of find ways to reach out to the coaches. Uh, and you did. You're very modest. You're a very good student. Obviously, the reason <laughs> you didn't have time because you were doing all these things and you were playing chess. Yes, playing chess really well. So yes. tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So uh, uh, I have a background as a chess player. I was. Uh, so uh, let me let me start off by saying that uh, my middle school chess team is the best middle school chess team in the country. Right. Yeah. I lost count as to how many national championships they win because nice. I can't remember, right? Like they've probably won another 50 or 60 more after I've won. Wow, wow. I straight 18. So yeah. um, best middle school chess program in the country. Uh, so good that they had a documentary film made about them, yeah. right? Uh, which is called Brooklyn Castle. So, uh, you know, which chronicles the, the program, you know, throughout one year, uh, which is my eighth grade year at the, you know, at, at, at I straight 18, a very good movie. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, when I was at I Street, you know, I was a part of five national championship chess teams, um, and I'm very proud of that. Um, you know, very happy for all the things that we were able to achieve uh, while we were there. 
Uh, but most importantly was the opportunity to become uh, was the opportunity to become a coach, right? And, and I got hired as a chess coach, as, as an assistant coach to my middle school, uh, my first year of high school. Um, so I remember January of 2011, right, was like the first year that I started working uh-huh. as an assistant chess coach. And it, it involved uh, mainly, uh, you know, you, you show for the kids to tournaments on the weekends and you analyze their games after they play it to make sure to see what they did wrong and where they can improve on the next round, mm-hmm. right? Uh-huh. Um, so it was a very, it was a weekend job. And then during the summer, I'd work as a coach at the, at the camp. So that actually involved, you know, more lessons and stuff like that. And I was mainly in charge of, you know, you know, the kids that were coming into middle school, if you're, you know, rising sixth grader, right? Like I was, you know, trained, my job was to, you know, get you up to speed on some of the basics of, you know, chess, some of the basic tactics so that, you know, if you do come to, you know, if you end up taking a a chess class at I-3T, you know, you, you know, you're well versed in in the game, right? So um, I did that for a few summers. Uh, So, uh, yeah, so that's my background as a chess player. I still play online chess from time to time. Um, it's still very much a part of who I am. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of bummed that this whole coronavirus thing came because, you know, I was planning on renewing my chess membership and actually starting to go play in tournaments again. Um, okay. You know, okay. I, I, live in, I live in a metropolitan area now. So, I mean, there's plenty of, you know, tournaments to play at. I mean, it's not like New York. Nothing can beat New York City. New York City is um, New York City and St. Louis. Are probably the St. Louis, maybe I'm not. I think so, St. Louis. I'm going to throw St. Louis on the list, right? Um, there's so much history, you know, in New York City because of the Marshall Chess Club and yeah. uh, so many great players coming through that club, and and, and some so many world championships, you know, world champions playing there. So um, it's such a historic place. In New York City, the chess scene there is just phenomenal. So um, my experience as a chess player would probably be a lot different if I played outside of New York City as compared to playing inside New York City because, I mean, there's so many resources, you know. And you were, you were playing parks, right? Every, every, every once in a while. One of the great things about chess is that I know for sure that I will always have some stream of income, right? Uh, because I can go to a park and I can hustle a couple of people for a couple of bucks, right? So, <laughs> so <laughs> I, know, I know that for the most part, uh, if I need to make a quick buck, you know, yeah. I stroll, stroll down. But however, there are some parks, though. I ran into some guy at 14th Street Union Square a couple years ago. Um, and Jack Lint. Jack Lint was there as well. So really? Me, me, Jack Lint, and a couple of his buddies, right? And I got okay. spanked across the board, right? It was bad. Like, this guy was just wrecking me. Um, I lost so much money that day. But Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was... It was, but it is what it is, right? Like yeah, you, you, well, you're gonna lose, right? You're gonna lose. You want to lose, right? So you win some, you lose some. So, yeah. uh, but it just goes to show you, man. The chess scene in New York is is deep. I mean, there's so many good players yeah, out yeah. there, and you don't even know who they are, but you know they've been playing. They can play. Huh? They can play. So yeah. it's like pickup basketball, you know. Not nowhere near pickup basketball, but if you want to play a game of pickup chess, there's parks you go to that you can. Okay. You can out, so. so you know your way around. So no, no wonder. <laughs> I mean, you were so busy. As a as a high school athlete, as a high school student, so you had a you had to juggle all that, and you did an incredible thing. Now at UVA, uh, how different was it when you you know finally came to UVA? I remember when you were uh, you know you got your release form and you sent me that video. I'm like, oh my god, this this guy is so talented. Like, don't <laughs> worry, we'll find a spot for you. Because <laughs> uh, we already had Jordan, we already had Philip. Yeah. 
um, and Hilmar was coming up, right? So you know, like, don't worry, I'll find, I'll, we'll find a way to get you here. How different was it uh, academically, not just in uh, terms of you know um, how high academic institution UVA is, but how was it different for you to adjust your time management when you when you came to uh, UVA, being now an athlete that was uh, that had a great potential, so we were more serious about training, and you had to get more serious about studying too, right? How was that for you? Oh, it was. It was incredible. I, I can tell you that the difference between, and not to, not to put UConn down, I mean, for, for people who don't know, like I went to UConn my first year of college and I transferred to University of Virginia uh, my second year, right? And then I finished my eligibility at UVA. Um, U, UConn's a very good school, right? Yeah. Uh, so I think it's the 18th or 19th best public university in the US. You get a degree from UConn, you have a good degree, right? Yeah. I mean, but I mean, the exams, I mean, the, 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 the amount of energy you have to put into studying, right? It's night and day right the UVA is way tougher okay. um you know I'll give you an example like one my first year at, at UVA like I found like an old statistics exam from my UConn days and I compared it to my statistics exam at UVA and I said this is unbelievable right like it's way way more comprehensive right you have to study more you have to know more you have to know everything more in detail mm -hmm. so uh it just the sheer amount of effort that needed to be utilized to be able to get a good grade uh, as, as, as the effort is way more, um, and even in time management, it's some, something that I struggled with, uh, my first, probably my first two years at UVA was how do I manage my time, right? Like, how do I, you know, uh, you know, how do I digest rather one, one of the worst things is reading through all of these political papers as a political science major. And then yeah. what's the point? They're so dead. right. So how do you digest all of that information so fast and understand mm -hmm. what the, what the, what the uh, writer of the article is trying to say, right? Um, so that was really good. But the great thing is that UVA had a lot of resources in place to help me um, to help me manage my time better. I think one of the things that, and shout out to Dan Jacobs, uh, he's my academic yeah, coordinator. Yeah. Um, one of the things that Dan helped me with is he set me up, he set me up with the Star Tutor. And the Star Tutor is a tutor at UVA for UVA uh, uh, UVA athletes who comes in and helps, you know, athletes, you know, figure out how to manage their time better, right? Mm -hmm. And manage their time means, you know, for example, how do you digest uh, a 30-page article that you have to read for class on Tuesday, right? How do you get the... In a couple hours, right? In a couple hours, right? How do you digest, um, you know, how do you, how do you digest, uh, you know, an entire 30-page section of a textbook, right? that you have to prepare for, uh, let's say a biology class, right? Um, you know, how do you create a schedule as to how you're gonna go about, you know, um, how do you, how are you gonna go about studying? You know, yeah. like what, what, what time of the day are you gonna do this? What time of the day are you gonna do that? Like, what are you gonna, how are you gonna dedicate, or when are you gonna dedicate half an hour to, you know, to recovery, right? So it wasn't just academics, right? It was just time management in general, right? Yeah. Um, because yeah. sometimes we think, Oh man, we gotta go and you know, you know, prepare for this, you know, this class, right? You forget that you gotta go to the, you know, uh, you gotta go to McHugh and you have to ice, right? It's very mm -hmm. important. So it's just understanding how to manage all of those competing, uh, those competing priorities. Time restraints, right? Yeah, Time exactly. Right? You have priorities, yeah. And then not to mention, you start to get eight hours of sleep in a day because that's the sleep you need to be an optimal performing mm -hmm. athlete, right? Um, so it, it's really tough now. It takes a while for a lot of this stuff to sink into me, 
Uh, so it wasn't like I learned a lot of this at the beginning. But in the first me, two weeks, right? <laughs> yeah, no, no way, right? And I'm still learning, right? It's still difficult. You know, I'm still learning. But, um, you know, star tutoring uh, helped me a lot in terms of just being able to think about how to go about my day and also mm. think about, you know, what are the ma- what's the main point of, yeah. of, of like this, this paper that I'm reading, right? Because um, that's something I struggled with. Like I'll sit there and I'll read through an entire book article and, and there's four of them mm-hmm. you can't read through four of them. i mean that'll take up your entire night right yeah um so um you know and then i think what really helped me was when i got into grad school right mm-hmm. uh when i got my master's at uv in public policy at uva and as a policy guy you I mean you don't have time to digest all of this information right yeah. you, you, i mean you you have to but you have to find a way to do it quick right mm-hmm. um so you know, you're constantly looking for what's the main ideas, right? And you, you get into this habit of having to look mm-hmm. and find these key details really, really fast so that you can, you know, put together policy things really fast mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Um, and then this is something I've learned how to do really well professionally yeah. is because all the time I'll get these really large, complex documents that I have to read. And I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't understand the nuances, right? What's mm-hmm. the main purpose of this program, right? And then once I figure out what the, what the main purpose of the program is, then I can start to think about what are the nuances that surround yeah. it, right? So it's getting, them, getting to the main idea and then thinking about what are the nuances that spring off of that. So, uh, so I think it's a combination of a lot of resources at UVA that helped me get to that point, which, is, mm-hmm. which I'm really grateful for because um, and then UVA just forces you to adapt, right? Like it's, you can't cruise your way through UVA. I mean, mm. like you can't even cruise through Drama 1010, right? Like it's 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 what it no, seriously, right? Like yeah. it's you know, it's like it, people would say it's a really easy class, but you have to do a lot of work to yeah. get an A, right? Yeah. Like it's not yeah. easy. Um, so there's there's no there's no easy there's no, you know, there's not a whole lot of easy class at UVA. Professors make it hard, and and that's the good thing because when you leave UVA, like you are incredibly prepared for the workforce. I've never seen. I think one of the things I love about UVA is I've never seen students more prepared to enter into the workforce and be successful yeah. than being at UVA. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, like you are just prepared to take on the world. So I feel invincible being in the workforce because I've, you know, UVA has helped me so much. It's a great point that you made about uh, the uh, comparison, how, how you compared yourself now or yourself in, as a senior, as yourself, as a graduate student and a freshman. I think that's, a very good point to make, not to make, to under, uh, for athletes, student athletes to understand, or high school athletes coming up and for their parents coming up to college, that yes, it's going to be difficult, but also there's going to be resources for you that's going to help you so much to make you into this machine that you <laughs> go through all these papers, right? Because uh, in life, that's what you're going to do, right? You're going to yeah. be uh, presented with all these problems that you have to solve. And yes, at UVA, we do have great uh, resources like Dan, like advisors, star advisors that help you manage that time. And it's important uh, for, for everybody to know that you really can do so much. There's no limits for human body and mind to do. We don't know what's our, what's our limits are, right? You have yeah. so many incredible people out there who all, they, they will say like, oh, I was never the smartest. I was never, uh, you know, the brightest, but I have worked hard. And eventually you get to know how you're going to, manage those skills how you're gonna manage your time and you guys were doing so much and i think that's very important to to keep in mind that your mental training is very similar to your physical training you have to have a goal right so what's yep, my goal i have sure. to 
break it down. This is the main distance. This is the main thing in technique that we're doing. This is the main point of the paper, right? Um, it's always, it always intrigued me uh, I, I, how you guys would go come in the first years. I'm not going to mention names. Some guys that uh, and girls that slept in the first class, right? They're, they're so overwhelmed, right? We got, we got professors sending emails. First and then end up being one of the best students in the class, yeah. right? As a you know, sophomore, junior year, uh, senior, getting almost all A's, right? So yeah. there is a way to make it better. Uh, and you really can do so much, even if you start, uh, even if you have a little bumpy ride, right, at the beginning. So um, and that, we already, so one of the questions was, how that prepare you for a workforce now? So you, I guess you answered that already. Um, so you're, yeah, managed, yeah, sure. you're, you're managing to uh, manage your time better, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I've learned, uh, yeah, so it's, um, yeah, I think one of the, one of the most important things is, you know, working in, in uh, for a, a, a government contractor that provides, you know, services for the government, right? Mm -hmm. And I work on the sales side of the company. So my job is to position the company to win business, right? Yeah. Um, but that requires having to read through a, a lot of documents to understand, like, what is the requirement of the work that needs to be performed, right? Um, and a lot of these requirements, it, it, this is all information technology type stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, not a, I'm not an IT guy, right? I'm a public policy. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a social science guy. Right. So it's really hard for you to digest a lot of this information. Right. So that's why it's important for me to look at what is the main idea, right? What is the main purpose of the program? What is it trying to, what is this system that operates in a tax filing apparatus trying to accomplish? Right. And then I can begin to fill in the holes that I have, uh, the holes of my understanding by leaning on, you know, my boss to be able to help, help educate me or leaning on, um, leaning on people who are responsible for providing a solution, right? Um, and that helps me fill in a lot of the holes. So it's kind of, so I, I try to generalize things a lot and then work backwards from there, right? Like if, 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 if I'm trying to understand a small piece of the puzzle, right, I'm, I'm going to be lost. But if I understand the overarching idea of what the program's trying to do, then it makes it easy for me to go back and figure out like what are the pieces of the roadmap as to how we get from point A to point B in this program. Um, so that's, it's really valuable to me. And, um, and, uh, listen, time management is still an issue, right? Like I still have to do a better job, but I'm way better at it than I was four or five years ago. Right. So, um, you know, that's something that you're always going to be able to work on and it's, you can try as hard as you can, but you know, there's always something to improve on with that. Yeah. So in, in terms of that, how do you find time to train now? How, how do you find time to practice and do you find time? How do you, uh, how do you train? Where do you train? So, uh, so I still, I still go out and train four days a week, uh, before the coronavirus, um, coronavirus flipped everything up on its head. Uh, but, uh, prior to COVID-19, you know, I was still training four times a week, still got out and throwing four times a week, still lifting four times a week. Mm. Um, so mainly what I would do is, you know, I would work a whole eight hours, right. A day. Um, and then I will go home and change, uh, you know, get all the, my equipment, and uh, I'll head out to the track and I'll throw. Um, and after I finish throwing, uh, I'll go to the gym. I lift, um, go home. Dinner's already prepared. So I'll eat dinner really fast. The one thing I hate is eating dinner super late at night. It's not good for you, yeah. I don't think. Um, so now one of the things that got interesting was because daylight savings time last fall, right? Mm -hmm. So day, day, daylight savings time came and it meant that the track got darker earlier. 
right? Oh, that's right. Yeah. So I had to get had to get creative as to how I went about this. So what I would do is for a good three to four months, I actually came into the office at seven thirty in the morning, right? Mm. And it was, <laughs> it was wow. brutal. Right? I was I was I I woke, I was up at six, had breakfast, drove into the office at seven thirty. Uh, but the great thing about coming in so early is that I could leave early, right? Mm-hmm. So coming in at seven thirty in the morning allowed me to leave at three thirty, right? And leaving at three thirty meant that I can get to the track at four fifteen, which gave me a, a lot more time or sunlight to be able to get out and get my throws in, right? Mm-hmm. And then obviously having a Gold's Gym membership, uh, Gold's Gym pretty much has everything you know I need, you know, to be successful when it comes to lifting. You know, has you know you know uh, platforms. Uh, so I could do Olympic lifts, uh, squat racks, free weights, um, treadmills, a place to stretch, a place to do core. So um, from a, it's not as elaborate, it's not as, it's not as beautiful as, you know, McHugh, you know, McHugh and, and the racks of McHugh, in the, in the McHugh weight room. But uh, you're not looking for something that's elaborate. You're looking for something that's functional and it gets the job done, right? Uh, so uh, I'd, buy, I'd bounce around different Gold's gyms in Northern Virginia because it's just interesting, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, it's great because one day you go, you bench a high amount of weight and you disappear. And no one knows, <laughs> no one knows who you who are. Who the heck was this guy? <laughs> so, so one time, uh, one time I went to um, the Gold's gym in, in Boston. Boston's a neighborhood in Arlington, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was push pressing 350 pounds for reps, right? And a guy shouted from across the way. He was like, I've never seen that before. That is insane. I've never seen that. And <laughs> so it's crazy, right? And then I disappear. I don't, I, I don't go back to Boston for a long time. So it's like I'm a ghost, right? I come in. I move a lot of weight. I disappear. Yeah. No one sees me again, yeah. right? Uh, so it's cool. Uh, but there's this one gold gym that I go to on a regular. So uh, in, in South Arlington and people, mm. people, people see me, they know me all the time, man. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, and I usually do the same thing for circles, right? Like I'll bounce around different high schools in Northern Virginia. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the uh, so the main circle that I work throughout is Wakefield high school. Um, mm-hmm. So they have a circle, they have a track. Um, they usually have hurdles out on the, on the track. Um, so like, it'll be a good opportunity for me to get in and do some stretching, hurdle mobility before I actually go out and throw. Mm-hmm. So it's not even like I left UVA, right? Like it's like, you know, I still have resources that are that, that yeah. are there in place, yeah. right? Um, so Wakefield, I go to Wakefield is usually where I would go. Okay. Um, sometimes I go to, you know, uh, Boston and sometimes I go to Washington and Liberty, Uni- uh, Washington and Liberty High School. Mm-hmm. They have a nice circle. They have a nice discus cage. Um, probably one of my favorite places to throw, but I've only thrown there twice, is um, uh, T.C. Williams High School in Alexandria. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's probably the best circle in Northern Virginia I've thrown on. Um, beautiful circle, really nice circle, uh, excellent discus cage. Um, so it's it's a so it's a great way for me to just like bounce around and 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 always spice things up a bit, knowing that you know I don't have to throw at the same place all, over and over. And then as you know, you know I was always down in Virginia every other weekend. So when I came down, I always got some reps in at UVA, right? Yeah. So uh, you know, uh, getting reps in in in, in the bubble. I'm getting reps on after track. So, um, you know, just makeshifting things, but it was, it was good. You know, it was good. And then when it got really cold, um, which really, really ever happened, like it was always usually warm enough. I can step outside, but when it got really cold, you know, I went to, you know, I was able to, you know, go out and and, and train with, uh, Christine Bohan, 
um, old teammate up at the up at the University of Maryland, where they have mm. a you know what happened in North Carolina. So, yeah. um, so it was so how, how long is uh, how long do you want to throw for? Obviously, you know you have to That's do a good some question. management, but if people throw in their fifties, people you know they stop <laughs> after college. Well, yeah. how about you? So, I think my goal is just to continue throwing for at least the next one or two years. Um, throwing is just throwing is going to be like chess, right? It's going to be something that uh, I'll do, and at some point, it's probably I might have to you know step put it put it aside and stop pursuing it like mm-hmm. full time. But I'll always be involved in the sport in some way, yeah. right? Like, um, like I, I can, I can envision myself still going out and throwing, you know, at, you know, at the age of 27, 28, mm-hmm. not trying to really make like a team or anything, but just throwing to have fun. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now I'm in a moment in my a moment in my life where, you know, it's still important for me to go out there and train professionally because there's still goals I have to achieve. Right. Yeah. Like the Olympics is right around the corner, right. The world championships. Right. Um, I was watching footage of the 2019 world championships for the shop, but all over again. Right. You know, and looking at, you know, looking at uh, yeah. these guys' techniques and seeing, okay, like, what can yeah. I do better? How can I improve, right? Yeah. Um, so it's tough. And, um, and, and the good thing is I have a little bit of flexibility, you know, from, from, from my work because they know that I'm training and, they're, and, they're, mm. you know, and they give me a little bit of free reign, you know, yeah. as to how I construct my hours to be able to do that. So, mm. um, so yeah, like, that's kind of like the timeline that I'm thinking on. It's like, okay, like, you know, go out and, and – and, and continue to train as best as you can for the next, mm. you know, one to two years. And, and, you know, there's still some great things ahead of me, right? Like, yeah. um, because I mean, world indoor championships is next year, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Olympics is next year. Right. And then world championships outdoors in Eugene, Oregon is the year after I imagine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, like there's, there's so many meets that, you know, there's that, 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 that I still have to prepare for. So, um, yeah. you know, not to mention a lot of African championships. I know, I know Commonwealth games are probably going to come back. Yeah. Uh, at some point um so like that's that's you know so there's still there's still needs and opportunities to be able to train um you know and, and prepare so you know that's that's my goal and that's kind of like the timeline i'm thinking about as well uh but I'll, I'll 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 be honest with you man it's it's exhausting having to go out and having to work and having to train and having to do all those things so sometimes it mm-hmm. weighs on you um but you do what you can right mm-hmm. and i keep telling myself that people like do the best that you can um, and I'm very surprised because the best that I, you know, I made a lot of good technical changes this year. Um, you know, I feel a little bit more athletic. Uh, you know, I slimmed down uh, a bit. So uh, there are some things that are moving in a positive direction. Um, and it's maybe a blessing that the Olympics is another year from now, right? Because it gives me more time to work on these good habits. So. Yeah. I love, I love that you are recognizing that. And it's really difficult to have a full-time job and that to work you know to, to throw on the side and, and train like a professional athlete right yeah. so that's a really incredible and I, I i'm glad that you are that you know that there are sacrifices needed to be made and that you know the way how to do it right you're obviously reached s- such a high level so you're all american uh, over and over again uh you were uh, competing internationally for nigeria right you, th- you threw around the world so you already achieved so much and it's yeah great to see that you are taking it day by day and seeing how far your body can take you and uh and also i think it's uh, it's it's important to have a habit of and i know you will even if you stop throwing yeah do something and work out do oh, some, absolutely exercise, some kind of sport um and you know being in track for so long why not to continue that right? oh, as absolutely long, as long absolutely. as it's 
not painful, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I think one of the great things, though, is that, Coach, you know that Nate is up here in, in Northern yeah. Virginia yeah. now. So, you know, Nate lives in Tyson's Corner, like Tyson's yeah. Corner. He's three hours, three hours. He's about three miles away from where three I miles, live. Yeah. So, you know, everyone, you know, Nate and I haven't gotten together yet, but I told Nate earlier this week, I was like, listen, I'm going to go run 10 minutes to hell at some point. Yeah, uh, you, yeah. And uh, you got to come with me. Right, so he's like, get him, get him oh. out there. <laughs> and so you know, yeah, you had an incredible team. Now this is, I keep saying this, and I keep telling the coaches and everybody who asks me how jealous I am of you guys, and even you know, <laughs> this generation now that I'm not on the team. You know, I'm a coach, but I'm not on the team. You yeah. were on a team, and you were a big part of it. Obviously, not just because you're a big guy. <laughs> you, were a big <laughs> you were a big part of that team. Yeah, uh, for for many years, right? You, Philip, Jordan, Hilmar. Anatsi, Boos, James, right? All these guys. Uh, it's it just incredible. Incredible yeah. teammates. You guys were killing it for years. And now these guys are taking over. Jacob and uh, Claudia and Ethan. Yeah. Uh, we have Tyler and team. Ryan was an amazing teammate as well, yeah, right? Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. You guys had so much fun. You're amazing people. Uh, more, the, the most important part, you're amazing people, not just throwers. And what was your, some of your favorite memories from that uh, era of you guys being like warriors or like bulls? Like you were undefeated. Like you guys are <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, the bulls of your time, right? There's a whole bunch of stories. I mean, uh, uh, I'm, I'm not going to tell one because I'm not sure if Philip will want me to tell it. But. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think it's just, I think it's just the camaraderie, man. Like it's when you, when you, when you, how often do you have the chance to, to have a collection of, you know, world-class throwers like yeah. that in, in one area training with each other? I mean, it, it's just incredible. So that's probably the best training environment. Well, it is the best training environment that I've ever been a part of, you know, in my life is being able to, you know, train, you know, to be able to train with, with Philip. I mean, good God, the guy was throwing 20 and 80 consistently all indoor season. I'd be like, it was incredible, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, Philip, yeah. Jordan, uh, uh, Hillmar. I mean, this guy was an uh, Icelandic record holder in the hammer, yeah. right? Like, it, I mean, like, you know, to be surrounded by these guys, it, it was just incredible. And everybody had, you know, everybody was strong in their own way. I mean, like, mm -hmm. Philip was super athletic and probably the most athletic of all of us, right? And Jordan had a big bench press. And, you know, Hillmar just had the biggest clean and I had the biggest back spot, right? So yeah. it's like, it's just, it's yeah. just, you know, uh, you know, just just round it out. And then Nate will come in and do his own thing too, right? Like it's yeah, yeah. Uh, it's incredible. So uh, I honestly just miss being around the guys. Uh, you know, it, it, it does hurt a bit that we're all kind of separated and doing our own things now. Mm. Uh, but that's life, right? And you yeah. do your best to try and stay stay engaged with everybody. Uh, the good thing is that Nate's you know close to me. Um, you know, Philip's getting married. Yeah, uh, yep. you, you know, and, and so growing I mean, so like, fast. You know, you're growing so fast, right? So Phil's getting married, so you know, like uh, me and Carter, you know, we're we're making plans to fly out the, you know, fly out the, you know, the Bosnia and Croatia yep. in October, yep. right? Like you yep. know, um, you know, and, and and you know, so it's just amazing. And I think also the pranks that he, we all played on each other. Like I mean, Jordan made that video of me falling, you know, in the way throw at Notre Dame, <laughs> at yeah, Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, that's a, uh, yeah, so, uh, you yeah. know, that was pretty funny. So it's funny how we always make fun of each other, too. Philip picked on me all the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's uh, but it was from love. And I, yeah. I know yeah. it's from love. Yeah. So, yeah. 
uh, you know, that we all pick on Nate all the time yeah. too. But I mean, that's that's what it is, right? Like we're we're brothers, you know, we we'll pick on each other. So. Exactly, it was mutual. Like you guys picked on each other the whole time, and uh, yeah. the best thing was it like you you can't get mad because that's your you know, like you said that's your brother, you know, no. that's your friend. And the best thing about the whole thing is you guys are gonna stay friends for yeah as long as you guys know each other, yeah. right? You, yeah. you have friends across the world. Yep. Whenever you guys see each other, you're gonna have a good time. Yeah. And, and in bad times, you guys are gonna be there for each other yeah. as well, right? So you have this yeah. support group of incredible, incredible friends yeah. that's gonna always stay there forever uh, yeah. with you guys, right? And and what a what a time! It doesn't doesn't hurt that it was yeah. that you guys were the best in your era. I would say 21st century, uh, but not just throwing. You were yeah. incredible people too. Um, one of my best, my, one of my favorite memories with you, is the indoor season when you went from uh, seventh place to third place, right? <laughs> yeah, on the yeah. last throw, and last you throw, yes. bombed it. I'm like, oh come on, yeah. Paul, you got it in you. You know, last one, best one, and last one was best one. You almost yeah. uh, beat Denzel and uh, Mo. Yeah, I was short by two centimeters. And I remember giving you a high five, and my hand just <laughs> <laughs> like the heck out of. And I didn't feel my hand. I was just walking happy, like, oh, yeah, mama. <laughs> my hand is just numb, <laughs> like it's turning around. Oh, man, yeah. I but mean, I was so happy. You were happy. Philip was there, you know, chest bumping you. Yeah, yeah. Jordan as well, you know, he was third in that championship as well. Yep. It was just incredible. And there were so many memories like that. It's, yeah. like say, it's hard to pick one. Uh, but uh, it's it great really is. just keep it in touch. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Like, oh, oh like uh, – even Boost, for example, Buscelli. That guy drove me insane for two years. I lived with him for two years, right? <laughs> like, like, and there, there's. But Boost knows that I love him, right? Yeah. And, no, yeah, and, yeah, and exactly, Boost, and exactly. Boost, I consider Boost to be, um, you know, one of the good friends that I have. Genuinely great guys. Yeah. Uh, but he was a prankster. I mean, uh, our our um our third year at UVA, um, my second year at UVA, which was his third year at UVA, we lived together uh-huh, in Lambeth, uh-huh. right? And our room. We would, uh, anytime somebody went out to do laundry, right, mm-hmm. uh, they'd fill up water balloons, right? And they'd, <laughs> and they'd throw water balloons at, at the roommate coming back to the, coming back to the room, so, right? So there would be some nights so I'm going out to do laundry, and, you know, there's, there's Boos, and there's a couple of them other roommates out there just lining up on the top, because we lived on the fourth floor, lining up on the top of, <laughs> lining up on the top of the balcony of the fourth floor, just throwing water balloons at you. I mean, like, it's crazy. But I mean, that's awesome, though, right? Like, <laughs> well, and that's uh, exactly. And you gotta, you gotta be young while you're young, and having yeah. responsible fun like that is awesome. You can't be a forty-year-old throwing water balloons at somebody. <laughs> no. Like, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is all weird. By, by being yeah. twenty in your twenties, that's awesome. <laughs> that was that was awesome. So you know, he drove me insane, but I, I love the guy to death. Um, and and, and you know, he's just another example of. You know, when I, I talk about, you know, I talked about, you know, Hilmar and, and Philip and Jordan and, and Nate because those are the guys that, you know, obviously when I competed, we, we competed with each other, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but, I mean, there's so many other people on the team, like, um, you know, like, a, like Buscelli, right, or, or Kate yeah. um, or yeah. Carter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and these are all people who are, you know, who are close friends, of, you know, close friends yeah. of, you know, yeah. of, of yeah. ours. You know, we all, you know, we try to stay in close contact with each yeah. other from time yeah. to time, right? Um, so, you know, it, it, it was truly a team effort, you know, like it, that whole, that whole throws group in general, um, you know, was just special. I mean, yeah. uh, even, even Boost's athleticism was just amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. Like the one time Boost cleaned 140 kilos from the ground, 
looked like it was a professional uh, Olympic lifter, right? It was incredible, right? He almost literally, did he squat 200 kilos or almost? I think it was 90 or yeah, almost. If I had to take a guess, I'd say Boost probably squatted 200. I can't yeah, remember, but yeah. he's, you know, he's super athletic, and Kate was the same way, and, and Maria and Ava. Um, so it's just, uh, so it just goes to show you that, yeah, you know, like, you know, when people look at that, when people look at that 2017 team that went and took, finished third at NCAA's, uh, there's so many other people behind us, right, that made it possible for us to get there, that pushed us, right? Like, uh, Boost would get on me time, from time to time about yeah. stuff, right? It, it drove me insane, but he was right, right? So, um, you know, what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to yeah. ignore what he says? No, Boost is right. So, um, and if I don't have that person, you know, that teammate who's, who's, be, who's pushing me to be better, right, yeah. then how am I supposed to get better, right? Yeah. Um, you know, or, or Kate or, or Carter, right? There's, there's so many people, right, that um, – and not even just throwers, right? You know, like, uh, like Jack Lynn. Now he drove me insane too. Can't stand him, but I love him, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. and I love him like a brother too, right? Like yep. if Jack ever need anything, I'll be, you know, I'm willing to jump in and help out, right? Yeah. Um, you know, so so many people that 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 are part of that of that team and played such a big role in in in, in helping everyone, you know, succeed. Um, it, it's it's just not, you know, when you look and say, oh wow, look at these 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 are so, you know, these great throws are amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's, there's a village, you know, behind us. Yeah. Um, a village of other teammates, a village of, uh, a village of coaches, a village of support staff. Yep. You know, yep. at, at, you know, at UVA that that helped make, you yep. know, it possible. And it wasn't like we were the only ones who succeeded. I mean, yep. everybody had their own successes too. James, Carter, Kate. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've all done great things at UVA in our own right. So, yep. um, like I said, at the end of the day, it's really a team effort. Yeah, and it's exactly what what in life you have to you are who you are with right. So you yeah. surround yourself with people who want to who you think they're gonna make you better, right? Who who will make you better, and to have that as a whole institution. So I always say, in, in recruiting, find a place that works for you, right? So UVA is amazing school. Um, you might not feel that you are getting uh, something out of. Uh, that you get it somewhere else, maybe because your sister or brother is there, or you know you you're, you don't want to be far away from home. You gotta find that environment that suits you, but also know that uh, more people who are behind you, the better, right? So like your teammate, like you said, it's not a you know you guys ended up only four of you at nationals that year, but it was hundreds of people working. Your academic advisor, uh, your teammates on a cross country team, like you said, the decathlon, Jack, right? Uh, sprinters, you, you all 80 of you were part of that daily effort to make yeah. you better and you were making them better. Uh, and, and in turn, you all rise, right? Yeah. So it's not a winner takes it all in, in terms of growing. It's everybody's there and everybody's growing. And I, I love the environment that you guys were in and culture that you were guys in during that time. Oh, and such a great culture. Now it's continuing because you guys brought yeah. it up. You brought it to a little, little higher level, like Philip, like <laughs> yeah, Scott, yeah. Jordan Young, you, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, in terms of performance, like, oh, we can actually do some things as long uh, uh, while being a great student, right? So you yeah. can be the best physically. You can be the best mentally if you have people who can help you there, right? And we, and we do have such a great support team. And I always say this, you guys, I learn so much from you guys. I, I learn every day. Uh, I'm blessed to have you guys on the team so I can learn from you. And hopefully, I, oh, like I always say, I learn, you guys learn a little bit from me. Absolutely. I pass on from people that I learned before me too, right? 
So accumulating that knowledge, bringing it together, and you know, two heads are always better than one, and <laughs> hundreds of them is always better if they're in the right cause, right? Always yep. Say. Yep. Um, true. So that was uh, that was really really uh, impressive to see you guys grow, not just physically, not just in meters, but also mentally. Like you said, you were able to manage so many things. And you went through grad school, one of the toughest grad schools uh, to get into. You got into and you did well. How was that experience for you? Yeah, so uh, yeah, so I got my master's degree in public policy from the bad school of leadership and public policy at UVA. Um, very fortunate. I, I credit, uh, I feel like a, a lot of the things that I've, that I've learned that are impacting my ability to work so well in the workforce, you know, came from grad school. Um, mm-hmm. a, a lot, you know, thinking about, thinking about, uh, you know, how to go about solving the problems, right? Thinking about what does the data mean, right? Like, you know, yeah, one, there's one thing to look at a data, you know, look at, to look at uh, a study or a piece of data and say, oh, okay, all right, here's a number, right? But what is it telling you, right? Like, it's, how, are you gonna, how are you gonna go about thinking about it? How are you gonna go about building or implementing policies because of it, right? Um, so I, I think it's been just such a great experience to be able to, um, you know, to be able to learn so much in that program. And I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you, I struggled a lot. You know, my first year at, at, at Batten, I mean, it was, it was the hell year, right? Like you gotta, you have to, the first semester was brutal. The second semester was just as brutal, right? So you have to work really hard. Yeah. And there were some times where, you know, I was trying to solve a, uh, an econometrics problem and I already had submitted it late and it's already three days late. And you know, I'm sitting there in the, in the bottom of U-Haul about to shed tears because I can't solve the problem, right? <laughs> like it's, it's, it's so bad, but um there's um there's a lot of learning and struggle which is why you know it's important to just grapple with it and just keep finding ways to think about it until it eventually makes sense i mean because then once you understand it i mean then it's really hard for you to forget it right yes Um, yes 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 so uh uh, it's it's very important i I think another thing that i want to touch on with my grad school is just the incredible faculty uh, that's there i mean the the professor that i had uh were, were just amazing. Um, you know, they knew so much about the policy process, and then a lot of these other professors who brought a lot of uh, a lot of experience from industry, right? I think uh, one of you know one of the my favorite professors that I had was Professor Shapak. I think he was the um, he was the head of the he was a director of the National Governors Association. I think back in like the, either the eighties or nineties. So nice. having someone with that experience to to teach you, yep. you know, about things that happen in Washington is very I- incredible. Um, another example of a professor I had was Professor uh, Brad Carlson. Brad Carson, he was a congressman from Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and I think he was the, uh, at some point, Secretary of the Army and Assistant Secretary of Defense, wow. right? I mean, that's, just, <laughs> that's just, a big deal. That's, kind that's of a, big a big deal. deal, right? Like, it's a huge deal, right? So, um, you know, uh, I'll give you an example. One day, and, and then it's just the connection that they know is incredible, too, because yeah. um, it turns out that Brad Carson, uh, I think, knows four-star general, uh, Paul Nakasone, who's the head of U.S. Cyber Command, and wow. he's the head of the NSA, right? So one day, I'm, I'm giving a presentation on uh, the role of special U.S. special warfare in deterrence, right? And, and deterrence theory. I remember you know, And I'm in, I'm in slippers, you know, in socks, and you know, I'm, I'm ready to go in, present, get out, go to practice, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, next thing you know, four-star general Nakasone comes walking in. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? And here? I'm like, whoa, okay. So I'm giving a presentation about the army to an army four-star general. <laughs> so uh, wow. he didn't he didn't wow. kill me, but wow. but just but that type of 
that type of expertise that is available that you can pick the brains of is just um it's incredible i mean the, the faculty at batten is just insane i mean everybody's just brilliant so um yeah, and that goes for a lot, a lot of other professors at uva in general but um you know I, I i was real up close and personal with a lot of these professors at batten because you know with a cohort of 90 people you see them all the time right so mm -hmm. um so it was just incredible so i think those are the two big takeaways that i had from grad school um and at the end of the day it also provided me a chance to get a good degree obviously stay at uva and finish out my eligibility which is really important um that's something i always thought about when i was transferring to uva was okay like i knew that i wanted to finish my eligibility here and mm -hmm. you know be able to get a fifth year and it was good you know because you know, we almost won conference that year, and it was mm -hmm. good that I was able to be here and help the team, you know, you know, get close to being able to achieve that goal. Though we didn't do it, um, you know, and it's crazy because I think a lot of us were surprised at how well the team had, you know, performed leading in, right? Yeah. It was just an amazing yeah. performance across the board from the entire team. So, yeah. um, you know, so I was glad that I was able to be there uh, and, and, and help the program be able to do that. So. No, you, you helped tremendously to this program. You made it what it is. Like you said, you guys, you set the bar high. What I really like about you and all of you guys, you're such a hard worker, right? Uh, I remember you coming in with books, uh, not just to keep it balanced, but you would study in your locker room. You would study after hours. You, you study hard. You know what you wanted. And I think that attitude helps you. And you were not afraid to reach out to ask for help either. That's, I think that's the most important part part of uh, making those shortcuts is just asking, hey, coach, you know, can I, can I take a day off tomorrow? Uh, I have this huge presentation. Can we train at different times, right? Instead of running into a uh, possibility of being overtrained, same wise in the school, you would ask your professor, like, hey, professor, I'm not getting this. Can you help me out with this office hours? I, I know you love yeah. reaching out to professor and asking them, how do you uh, explain more about the concept that you had to uh, – that you had to write about. I remember all those uh, books that you had to read when you were bringing them to the, the locker room. And uh, you would ask the professor, like, hey, can you help me out here? Make it a little shorter for me, a uh, short time that I need to spend on it. And that's so important, like you said, when you have somebody with that experience, like those generals and then their associates, that you can ask them questions yeah. that they learned over <laughs> yeah. 40 years. Like, 40 hey, years, yeah. This is, the, this is the way I do it. I did it for 10 years. I'm going to make your life much easier. In, with these couple of lessons, right? Uh, that's so important to have yourself open to new ideas, to new things, and, and try them even if you fail, right? Yeah. Uh, doesn't matter if it's if not hurting you physically or somebody else, try, fail, and, yeah. and learn from it, right? And you guys were doing that, and I loved, and this is one example how team-oriented you were. <laughs> you didn't have to throw the weight. You didn't no. throw, have to throw a discus. <laughs> Right? Have hammer. And you think exactly hammer 130 <laughs> meters, no problem, right? Uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, you didn't have to do it, and we didn't need it, but you wanted to do it, right? And you did it exceptionally, and people seeing that, like, oh my god, look at Pobo, you know, eating face down on ground in the weight, and then coming back a year or two later, yeah, crushing it, right? Yeah, 20 meters, like you don't give up, like you fail, uh, but you you get up and and, and be even better in discus. You, I know some people doubt that you can never throw forty. Oh, we, we know exactly one person who doubted me. <laughs> we we know one person who doubted me, who never thought I could throw farther than forty-five meters. I'm not gonna say his name because I'll see him 
and a couple months in Croatia. He knows who I'm talking about. Exactly, exactly. And then you come back, and then you come back, and you win the regionals. Now you just score a conference. You make really, you throw 50 meters many times. Uh, you come back at the conference score, right? You and Natsi, oh my God, that uh, 2019. You won the conference, obviously, in Shapa, and then you come back in discus as well, and Hammer, you were throwing all of them. I, there's not many athletes to make in three events to regionals. Only for yeah. us was only Jordan, right? Uh, and Jordan Young, but uh, and that's really exceptional, right? Yeah. So yeah. and you, like I said, you didn't have to do that. You were a shot putter, yeah. obviously. You competed nationally, internationally. Uh, you were uh, you were one of the best throwers of all time in UVA, which is hard to have. <laughs> you will be. <laughs> up, so, you, know, you guys are what an incredible time to be in, right? Yeah. Like you four of you. Um, so you didn't have to throw the way you didn't have, have to throw the uh, hammer, but you wanted to. I remember at regionals too, like Pobo, you know, uh, like we don't we don't need to throw the hammer. Uh, you know, it's going to be hard to make the nationals, right? Sixty five, yeah. you have to throw. And like, coach, I just want to do it. You know, awesome. So you were willing yeah. to do all this, and then still made nationals, right? You made yeah. nationals and shot put uh, your fourth was fourth in a row, right? Fourth, yeah, I made all four, all yeah. four outdoor nationals. So yeah. that's uh, also an exceptional thing, and uh, it, it's because I believe strongly it's because you were willing to do all these things uh, to see where you uh, like shop it. Like when you were a kid, you didn't want to throw it, and then you end up in it, and you were one of the best. You got a scholarship. Yeah. You end up working for a contract uh, company for, that does work for government. Who who knows what yeah. else is there well, for you unless well, you yeah, try? That's right? true. Unless you try, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was great experience, you know, um, and the hammer was, I remember the hammer, the hammer was just something weird. It was just like, coach, I looked, well, I looked at the conference standings one day and I was like, I think I could, I think I could, I could do some damage this year. You know, like obviously I didn't score in the hammer, but, uh, well, yeah, I mean, it was tough having to throw the shot and then come back three hours later and throw the hammer. So it was really hard, but, um, yeah, it was just like uh, was just like yeah, let's give it a shot, you know. Oh, oh 60 meters, 98. Okay, all right. <laughs> you were, you were like fourth of all time, and you were. <laughs> yeah, so, so 60, uh, over 60 meters like that, uh, like with yeah. no training, right? It's just so I'm how just happy that. You are and how exceptional you are in in breaking it down to pieces, right? So yeah, uh, same thing as you approach your projects now in your school. I remember same thing, coach. Okay, we you know let's break it down to the finish. And now I'll do, I'm going to do some, you know, one turns, two turns. We, we broke it down to uh, to a very systematic way that you can yeah. handle it in the shortest time possible, time. right? Yeah, and you will do drills, time. you watch videos, uh, and you just want it to be as good as you can in that, yeah. you know, it's something that you're doing. You, you didn't waste time. You didn't waste time. Well, honestly, if, if, I, like, if, the, if I didn't think the team had, would have a chance of winning conference, I don't think I would have, you know, tried and, and, and invested in it, right? Because like, like you said, like, you didn't, you know, it wasn't something you were expecting me to do, yeah, you know, yeah. but I said, okay, like this team is really good. Let's see if I can squeeze out some more points here or there. Right. So I was yeah. like, all right, let's just pick up the hammer and see what happens. So, yeah. um, like I said, I think a, a lot of what I've done and, and you know, when people ask me about my success as, as a UVA athlete, I, I completely forget that I won ACCs last year. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I don't yeah. think about, right. Because there's so many other things that are so more important than just individual accolades, yeah. right? Like it's, uh, and, and, and yeah, you know, so that's, so that's, it's something that I, I, I could, I usually forget it. I'm just like, Oh yeah, I forgot one ACCs last year. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not because I take it for granted. I think it's just because, you know, uh, I think it's just because there's so many great things we did as a team 
And I think the team is the most important thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, I think, yeah, I got an ACC title, but we never won conference, right? That hurts, right? That's you know, that's, that's, that's a team, right? Like, that's something that, you know, that, that would have been the highlight of my career as an athlete, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the highlight of my career is us finishing third as a team, right, at yeah. Nationals. Like, yeah. that is, yeah. you know, it's, it's always about the team. The team is yeah. the most important. Um, you know, and, and yeah, it's important that, you know, I get my individual accolades while, you know, while I'm at it, but, you know, I, I could have gone four years without winning an ACC title. I would, yeah. I would have been happy with, with yeah. the career just because I saw the team did, did well, yeah. you know, and that's something that I'm happy about. And I think that's why you're such, such exceptional in what you do right now and, and uh, why every employer would love to have somebody like you on their team or, and that I'm 100% sure that you're going to be a great leader once you, if you ever uh, decide to open up your own company or do something on your own, uh, you're going to, you're going to know how to bring the people together because you have done it so many times. Uh, you rally for people, for your friends, and you cared about them. And like you said, even, you know, teammates who uh, uh, didn't score as many points as you, you were as, as, as friendly, friendly to them and appreciated them as much as, you know, Philip and, and anybody else. Uh, I think that, uh, to be a great leader, you have to be not a great, you know, let's say great follower. You have to be a great teammate, right? Yeah, you were yeah. an amazing teammate. And like you said, there's so many th- better things that you can do as a team and as a group than you can do individually, especially in the world that we live now, right? We are so connected. We are so independent. I remember one uh, joke. This was a long time ago before Joe Rogan even had his podcast. Yeah. He said this joke about how interconnected we are, right? He said, if I left, I left you on an island somewhere, uh, you know, big island, how long before you send me an email, right? I, how, how to make, how yeah, to make a pieces of plastic? How to make computers, yeah. right? And how to yeah. make, you know, internet. Well, we're yeah. so independent, uh, interconnected and interdependent, right? Yeah. Uh, so working as a team is so, so powerful and so, so important uh, uh, in this day and age. And, and the fact that you are where you are right now is because you were a team player. Um, and, you know, track and field is not in, uh, in itself an individual sport, a uh, team sport, because you throw and yep. that's all you do, right? But as a team, you do, right? And like you said, your teammates help you get better in the weight room, in the classroom. Um, so that was, again, one of the most incredible things that I've seen about you guys uh, to raise as individuals together, right? There was nobody left behind, literally, right? No child left behind, no, no throw no left behind. No, no throw left behind. <laughs> No, no, very, very exceptional. How, uh, for those high school athletes out there who are looking into environment that they want to be in, what are some things that, that you uh, advise that you already mentioned that you would want to give them uh, to look for or, or some things that you want them to know that they need to reach out or, 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 or not be scared of college? Because that's always one of the biggest things. Like, will I make it in college? I'm afraid of college, right? Yeah, well, I, I think – I think first and foremost, uh, I think one of the things that attracted me to UVA was the fact that there was a young Philip and a young Jordan, right? Um, so I knew that coming to UVA, I'll have a chance to be part of a really good training group who will be there for the next two years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and I wasn't coming in expecting to be Philip or be Jordan right away, mm-hmm. but I knew that training with them would make me better. So if you are a high school student looking to, you know, get into a, a good college program and, and and be successful um you know it's it's obviously you have to have a good coach right but also you have to have a good training environment as well right like it's um 
Like there are, there are limitations that, you know, there are limitations when you just have a good coach and that's it. Right. Mm -hmm. Because who's going to be there to push you in practice that day. Right. Um, But I mean, when you, you know, when you have a good coach and a good training group around you, right. That's what makes it, you know, really good because not only do you have a coach Mm -hmm. who's telling you and, and, and guiding you through how to have better technique and how to, you know, lift better and how to do certain things better as, as it pertains to training, but you have teammates who are there to push you, right? I think one of the great things that I admired about Philip was that, you know, Philip had, you know, Philip, he, he built a roadmap to get to 20 meters, right? Like, yeah. you know, because he, he did it, right? So, <laughs> you know, so like, what, if you want to throw 20 meters, 21 meters, like what better place to be than join a teammate who has done it, right? Yeah. Yeah. To join a program who has had someone do it, right? Um, because the, the formula, the roadmap is there. It exists, right? Yeah. Coach has done it, athlete has done it, right? Now, not every athlete's the same, but having a base roadmap, you can take it and then you can change it around to fit that individual athlete, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the roadmap is very important. So if you're a high school student, you know, obviously you want to find a good coach, but you also want to find a good training group. And there's so many great training groups out there. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. um, I'm sorry, now I'm going to start selling some universities, right? Yeah, but, no, but, I, but, talked but about you, I have different coaches on this. Yeah, yeah, no, no, but like, uh, <laughs> think about here, yeah. Think of there's so there's so many great uh, there's so many great coaches and great training programs. I mean Tennessee, for example, right? Uh, obviously Virginia. Uh, you had coach uh, you had coach Mo on from California the other day, right? They have a great they have a meat great factory training. in Michigan. Meat meat factory in Michigan, right? Yeah. I mean there's so many there's so many other you know, North Dakota State, for example, right? There's mm-hmm. so many other programs yeah. out there that have good coaches and good training environments to be a part of. I think that's so important, right? Um, now obviously you got to be you know, you got to dig deeper, right? Because obviously you're not going to be able to like, you know, if everybody's trying to go to these programs, right? It's going to be hard sometimes for somebody to get there. But I mean, there are some diamond in the rough places that you've probably never heard about that are like really good. You know, there's a really good coach out there, you know, there's, um, you know, so I think that's important in terms of just being able to look and and be in a great training environment. You know, as for being afraid for college, um, I think probably one of the things that is the most terrifying thing about transitioning from high school to college is that, you know, there's no teacher or there's no mom or dad to be able yeah. to push you to say, you need to do this homework, right? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, so the main thing is you have to be accountable to yourself, right? You, have, you, you know that you have to get this homework assignment done. You know you have yeah. to be able to read this article or read this book or this class, right? Mm-hmm. And no one's going to tell you to do it, right? Um, mm-hmm. They can tell you to do it, but you don't have to do it, right? Yeah. But doing it is very important because you want to get good grades. You want to stay mm-hmm. eligible. But not only that is good grades are important for setting you up for, you know, good jobs in the future. Right. Mm-hmm. Or setting you up to be able to get into a good grad school program. If that's what you want to do. Right. Yeah. You have to have a high GPA to get into law school. Right. So, you know, if you, you know, if you don't take those steps, you know, like your first, your first semester, your second semester, right. Then when you apply for law school, it's going to be really hard to get in because, you know, there's one semester you had a two, five GPA, mm-hmm. but if you had worked harder, maybe had a three, seven or three, eight. Mm-hmm. That might be the difference, right? Um, so the the accountability is the hard part, and it's tough. It's not easy, right? Um, you know, because that that's something I had to learn, and that's something I still have to learn, right? Yeah. But it's, it was different for me now because the accountability is the money, right? Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if if I don't do this, we lose we lose no, revenue. It's right? tangible. <laughs> it comes out of my pocket. It comes out of my pocket, right? So it's, so it's tangible now. So that's the accountability, but. In college, there's no, you know, there's no one pushing you 
But the great thing about Virginia is that we had everybody pushing us to do it, right? So there, yeah. it was much easier to be accountable at a university like UVA because, mm. you know, you were on me all the time about grades, right? Mm. Uh, you, uh, Dan, uh, you know, so there's a, you know, a, a good support staff who made sure that we had good grades so that yeah. because being a student athlete is just not being the best athlete on the field. Yeah. You know, you have to have good grades and you have to be an exceptional student as well. So um, the accountability is the most important part. Um, and if you're struggling with that, you know, get in right away with your, you know, with your, with the resources, engage the resources that you have at the university to begin with right away. Right. Yep. You know, if you think, don't even, don't even begin to sit back and think you can handle it on your own. Right. Yeah. Get in and just engage people right away and, and get the resources right away. Cause you want to start off, you know, college with a bang. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's going to be really important as well. So um, if you're, if you feel like that's going to be an issue, just, engage the resources around you because there's so much around us. There's so many people, mm-hmm. there's so many resources that are going to be able to help you be a better student. And that's yeah. so important. I, great, great advice. Uh, it's so, so true that you do have to find a group. Uh, you have to find a coach. And, and, and luckily these days, it's easy to get in touch with coaches, right? You just look them up on uh, Instagram or Twitter, whatever they are, right? you get in touch with them right away, right? Uh, their information is on the website. You can see what kind of teammates they have. You can uh, engage, and most of them are on social media. You can see if that's kind of a teammate that you want to be around. And once you do, once you get to that new program, uh, like you say, reach out to those resources that you have. Engage in with the tutors, with your academic advisors. Uh, ask for help, and uh, don't be afraid to ask, right? And then don't be, uh, don't be lazy or don't overestimate your skills. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. That's one thing I got there when I got to You have to be, yeah. better be safe than sorry. You got to get yeah. in there right away in boxing, right? Yeah. Um, uh, before it knocks you out. So uh, it's, it's good to engage with those tutors and then those advisors so you can get those grades up right away and to figure out how to study, how to learn, how to manage your time, right? And you have done that. And uh, to go back to that group, like you said, uh, so academically, obviously that's what you need. And you guys did. And like you said, there was athletes sleeping in classes. Uh, and then next thing you know, you know, a couple of years later, they're one of the best uh, academic yeah. uh, academic uh, athletes uh, on the team, on the whole department. Um, so uh, talk about how you are, who you're all with, how your teammates and the culture is important. Uh, you have somebody on your on your uh, incredible teammates like Christine, like uh, Jade, right? Who uh, who wasn't even a thrower? Not even a thrower, right? But you know, Jade is a. Uh... You know, Jade is an uh, as a as a as a is a great example of someone who came in, wasn't even wasn't even a thrower when she came in, right? Uh, but she's someone who worked hard. And it's really admirable. She worked hard. Uh, she she got really good at it, and then you can see it. I mean, by like by her first year throwing and her fourth year throwing, night and day, right? It was as if Jade was throwing a hammer for 15 years, right? Yeah. <laughs> like you know, um, it was incredible. And she's a school record holder in the hammer, yeah. right? Yeah. So. I mean, it's just a, and not only to mention, this is an, this is an example of how it's, it's possible to be an exceptional student athlete, student, uh, exceptional student and an exceptional athlete. I mean, we talk about how good of a student, uh, how good of an athlete Jade is. She's a record holder in the hammer. She got the regionals, you yeah. know. Almost made nationals by, almost made nationals. By a little bit, of, yeah, by a little bit. Yeah, by a little bit, right? That's almost made nationals. But Jade was an exceptional student at UVA and she's at Georgetown Law. Right. Mm-hmm. Finishing up. She finished up her first year at law school there. Yeah. So, I mean, just another example of how it is possible 
to be an exceptional student and an exceptional athlete. So, I mean, Jade is a perfect example of yeah. how to succeed in, in the UGA environment. And she had everything stacked against her. I mean, she came, she wasn't even a hammer thrower, right? Yep. So she was, yep. she had to start no, way no, back. Not hammer she was not a thrower. Thrower. Yeah, she was not a thrower to begin with. <laughs> so she had to start, she started five steps back from where, yep. you know, I started or where Hillmark started or where, or where, where mm. Philip and Jordan started, right? Um, and caught up. And it was, just, it was yeah. amazing. Yeah. While not giving up on her grades, you know? Yeah. No, and, and that's, you know, she's one of, one of obviously, she, she's a school record holder and one of the most incredible athletes I ever had the privilege to coach. How she took those early mornings, late uh, weights. Uh, yeah, like I said, she was a thrower, she came in. But that's something, and then she rubbed off of you guys as well. And, and, and it was something that she was obviously uh, brought up with. Her dad is an amazing coach. He's in the NFL now. Yeah, uh, Indianapolis Colts. Incredible siblings. Mom was a UVA uh, uh, athlete as well, an exceptional athlete. So she brought that with her, that that hard work. And I love that she, even when she was faced with adversity, right? She was faced that she has to quit sprinting her, you know, after freshman year of college. She took that look at you guys like, okay, is this what we're doing? Let's do it. Like, everybody's in it. I'm not going to be that you know, person to whine. I'm going to get full blown and obviously one of the greatest throwers of all, of all time at UVA. Uh, but it's, it, it fits perfectly with what you guys already had and yeah. added even more to it because you had discipline. You guys were all, or all after the first couple of months at UVA being here, you figure out quickly, like either I do all these things, either I reach out to my professors, my tutors, uh, make sure I'm resting, make sure I'm doing all the practice that I have, or I'm not going to make it, right? It's not, yeah. it's not, it's, I talked this with uh, Coach Newell the other, the other day. It's really hard these days, like you really have to try not to, uh, to fail. <laughs> to, uh, yeah, to you're right. Knowledge. I mean, you have all these resources, yeah, right. all these chances. <laughs> you know, join, join the crowd because that crowd is going in the right direction to the graduation, yeah. right? Uh, and you really have to, but, but it starts from you, right? It starts from you making the decision, like, no, I will do all these things, uh, and, and people will help you. So, um, so yeah, you're definitely right. Being accountable, you know, being uh, uh, accountable tough. to yourself, reaching out tough. and making, finding a good program for you, right? That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I like what you said about not overestimating your abilities, right? It's one of the things <laughs> that when I came into UVA, I thought I could be whatever, right? And clearly I was... <laughs> I was in the first semester. I was wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's what? Like nothing, right? Wait. Wait, wait, wait. Here's some water. I was getting punched left and right. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to be econ, but couldn't get through Calc 1. I was like, oh, boy. Um, <laughs> you know, so you can't underestimate your abilities, right? Um, but if you want to do it, like you said, you got to reach out to the resources. Yeah. And, and if I had, I, I, I ran into um, – one of the one of the calc tutors in the athletic department. His name is Tra uh, uh, Travis Elliott, right? Okay. Brilliant guy. I think he's finishing up his um, he's finishing up his uh, PhD at Darden, right? Uh -huh. Very smart guy. Yeah. And I I had ran into I met him the first time around November, my first semester at UVA, right? He's mm -hmm. a calc tutor. Now okay. who knows if I would have met him two months earlier, right? How that class that calc class would have turned out, right? So again, exactly. this is exactly. another example of why it's important that you seek out those resources because I guarantee you, if I had Travis for two months before Prior I that, got to yeah. that point when I realized that I was like, okay, all right, I'm, I'm finished, right? Calc, Calc one would have been a different story, yeah. and maybe I would have been an econ major, yeah. right? Because I would have gone on to Calc two. Yeah. 
you know? So it's important. It's Very so important. much easier. And really you have to, like we like I said, uh, with John Newell, uh, it's, you really almost have to have work harder to fail than to, uh, to succeed because after knowing that, right? Like after you figure it out, like, oh man, all I needed to do is get a list tutor, like Trevor will help me. And you never made that mistake afterwards, right? <laughs> like now, yeah. like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start. And then obviously you end up in the grad school. You would not end up in the grad school if you were not a good student. Yeah. Uh, so you took that, you took that personally, right? You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and Travis was my go-to guy for calc math issues, right? Like if I had a math yeah. problem I couldn't solve, like I'd go to Travis. And Travis would be there every, either every Monday or every Wednesday in, in um, JPJ. Uh, at the back of the at the back of the at the back of the facility, just helping yeah. students with their math. So, I um, mean, he's a great resource. So, I mean, like that's just an example of, you know, if I had known that Travis existed in September rather than just meeting him in November, my understanding of calculus might have been much better, and I might have been able to get past that. Now, I don't know if I would have gone gotten to finish the econ major to begin with because it's very difficult at UVA, very yeah. selective program. Um, so that was just step one, but who knows, right? Well, you had a you had a disadvantage because you came in with less credits that you were you thought you're going to come in, right? So oh yeah, yeah. Just that you know transferring uh, credits is never an easy thing, uh, but like like you proved so many times over and over, you could be you could be very successful if it's it's uh, in anything as long as you have a good teammates or good uh, people to help you, right? Yeah, uh, tutors. So it goes it goes a long way. Um, yeah, continue to do what you're doing. Uh, you're going to be exceptionally successful in anything. It's, uh, as you were mentally, you were physically very strong as well. <laughs> you know, people always ask, like, why guys do so much squats? You know, why is Paul so strong? Um, tell us a little bit. How much did you actually lift? <laughs> uh, oh, man, yeah. I, um, I was an animal in the weight room. Uh, I, del- I was uh, – For a second all right so yeah um, in the weight room how strong were you <laughs> uh yeah i was oh i was i was really <laughs> i was really strong um what was my dead was my squat max was we did 320 for 310? one yeah 310 yeah 310 yeah 310 uh 310 for one um greg thompson commented he, he called me he called me sick for how the how <laughs> fast the bar moved <laughs> uh so Three, three point, three ten for one. Uh, bench press. Twenty two years old. Yeah, twenty two years old. It's yeah, yeah, <laughs> so much. That's very important to mention too. Yeah, twenty three years old. Yeah. So, uh, bench press. Set a new bench PR in the fall last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was it two? Um, two thirty seven. Thirty seven. Thirty seven. So that's five five twenty even. Mm-hmm. Um. So my bench press is still strong. Uh, incline bench press, I mean, 484. I, I take pride in that because that might be the biggest, some of the biggest incline bench presses in yes, the world for a thrower. Yes, yes, um, yes. I don't think there's a whole lot of people who can incline bench press. I remember doing one, when you were doing 190 for reps, I'm like, the sky's the limit. Like, I, <laughs> I'm going to spot him, first of all. I got, can't, drops it. We're, we're screwed. We yeah. No, we had three people around you, but still, uh, that was, was good. That, that incline was your most Everything is impressive, and people, like I said, they ask me like, "Why is Polo squatting that much?" You would, we will squat only once in a week, sometimes yeah. even once in two weeks, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I think, uh, yeah. Once it got to the spring, we didn't squat, you know, as as much in the, you know, maybe once for the for the back squat. I think maybe once for the front squat. We're not sure. 
Um, now there was one cycle in the fall that was brutal, yes. where we uh, <laughs> where it was a front squat or back squat Monday, safety bar squat Tuesday, and then like either front squat or half half quarter squat on Friday. It was, yeah. it was insane. Yeah. But the weight the, the weight wasn't that high. The volume was high, so mm. you know, it was manageable. Um, I think one of the most impressive things I've done was deadlift six seventy. Um, and you, you know, I don't deadlift, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> never, just... never. Now, is, <laughs> hates it to see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, he couldn't stand it, right? Because you know, he was he was a deadlift guy, but here, here comes me, right? Yeah. Couldn't that never never deadlift? said here, yeah. I just pulled six seventy off the ground, right? And I remember that day. There was a crowd of uh, it was a lacrosse or soccer players. Uh, uh, I don't know, lacrosse or soccer. Yeah, or like laughing. Yeah, all Oh. Yeah, so um, it's crazy because I didn't start lifting heavily until halfway through my senior year of high school. Um, when I threw 18 meters at state championships, that was off of raw strength. I didn't, I didn't touch a single weight before. Ben Bonhurst comes walking up to me. He's like, yeah, man, how do you train? Like, what do you, how much do you lift? I was like, yeah. dude, I don't lift, man. Like, what is like, lift? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is lift? <laughs> I was like, I don't lift, man. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he, was, he, was, he was amazed. He was like, wow, yeah. like. You know, he just finished fourth in the state championship. I haven't touched a single barbell in your life. I was like, "Yep, I don't even know what a, I don't even know what a barbell is, man." Like, um, so and, and the great thing about the incline is I didn't know how to incline when I got to UVA. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of dumbbell incline work at UConn, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I never did any bench press incline yeah, work. Yeah. So I remember my first year, I, I'm just getting killed on the incline. I can't, I can't incline bench press. I have yeah. no idea how to do it, right? Yeah. Um, so it's it's amazing how I went from not being able to incline bench press the right yeah. way to then incline bench pressing almost 500 pounds. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just a, another, another interesting story to tell. But. Well, this shows, and this is again, what's more important in life and where you are in life. You could always, and I, I, I know, I don't believe this, you know, I don't think this, I know this. So, you know, belief is something that you're not sure of. Uh, I know that you could have been NCAA record holder if you yeah. started, earlier in high school and if you went through all all training um as most 20 21 22 meter throwers yeah. did right so if you have five years of quality training instead of you know coming to a, a uva already uh, already with bad habits right not not that the coaches be, before trying to hurt you but you just yeah. let's say if you were with someone like art venegas in high school let's say you yeah. know joe kovac coach in chula vista yeah. right um, if you were with someone like that in high school and then that person makes you uh, develop your skills or like, like Ryan Krauser, his dad. Yeah, right? Krauser, yeah, his dad, yeah. If you had those bases and you come to college and you just continue to build up and so now you're 22 in college or, you know, 21 high and now you can get sponsorship. You can go to Chovista, yeah. you can go to Croatia or, you know, uh, get your federation to pay for your expenses. Yeah. Now we're talking about next three, four uh, years of training and throwing 23 meters, right? Like these guys are throwing. Uh, Kovac, you know, how old is he, right? 31, 32, right? Now he's the best of I don't think he's, I don't been, think he's right? 30 yet. Uh, right? He's 29, 29, 30? He's 31. He's 31, okay. 90, I think. Oh, he's born now, okay, yeah. Maybe 31, yeah. we'll have to double check this. Yeah. 31, 32. Um, and uh, also Ryan Krauser, right? He's he's about to hit 30 soon too, right? No, he's born he's 91. Young. No, he's born 92? No, I think he's like 94. He's Phillips here. He can't be. Uh, I don't think he's 94. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's 94. Let me see uh, this. He, he, he and Walsh are, are young. 
Like Walsh, Walsh is, is like 93, uh, 92, okay. December 18, 92. Yeah, so 27 years old is Krauser, right? Oh, wow. So, okay, never mind. I thought it was. So, but Krauser, how old was he when he started? Right? He was starting in the basement of his, you know, his dad. His <laughs> uncle was a thrower. The whole yeah. family is a thrower, yeah. right? So I truly believe that you, again, I truly believe that you had a better path, and I know that you would be an NCAA record holder if you started like that. And the fact that you are just reaching your PRs right now and you're not, you're not even 25 years uh, of age when you were lifting 200 kilos in an incline, right? <laughs> uh, you have, you know, who knows how far you could have thrown. But also you got to realize this is what in life you have to make a decision, right? That's so true. I'm not right. looking for a career or my career is going to be throwing or my career is going to be public policy. Am I going to be next for Obama? You know, <laughs> or I'm going to continue because throwing is hard and it's not it as really is. as football, right? Yeah, I, I'll tell you, I think one of the toughest things about it is, you know, when you leave college, right, and you have to do it on your own, right? There's no team anymore, right? Yeah. Like you're doing it for yourself, right? Um, and, and, and that's the, and that's, that's the mindset that I'm still trying to get myself into wrap my head around is like, what team am I throwing for anymore? Like yeah. what, what, there's no, there's no, you know, for, 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 um, you know, for, and obviously as a pro athlete, the, the, the purpose is clear, right? Like the goal yeah. is to get the, this, this is your job. This is my, this is my job, <laughs> like, right? But, this is your job, right? Um, you know, but you know, sometimes that gets murky, right? Mm -hmm. As compared to you know, being a co collegiate athlete where, mm. you know, the job was to help the team win, right? Yep. Like it wasn't about you, right? It was about the team, right? Yeah. So, you know, so that's something that I'm still trying to wrap my head around is, yeah. you know, n now this is about myself and I've never really thought about myself yeah. in terms of, in terms of throwing. Anytime I, I was throwing, it's always been in the context of UVA track and field and how helping the team win. Um, so it's something that I'm, still grappling with is like, how do I navigate that? Right. Yeah. Um, so I think it's very interesting. And I think, you know, and, and also it, it makes it even, it's, it's another accountability factor too. Right. I, I remember you mentioned this to Jordan that, you know, when, when Jordan first started graduated college and started throwing professionals, like there's, there's no team anymore. Yeah. Right. So no one's going to feel sorry for you if you don't throw far. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, you know, like, you know, like that, that's it. Right. Like yeah. this, this is, this is you. Um, yeah. So it's really interesting to, to, to have to grapple with that. And I think it's fascinating. Um, you know, it's weird, but it's fascinating. So it's, it's, it's I, I love that you mentioned that. Um, it is so true. And I, I know when I, um, uh, how, you know, there's no more team, right? So there's no more yeah. team in throwing. And that's exactly why it's so important to build these skills during the college uh, this education skills, this uh, reaching out skills, you know, working day to day papers, right? Yeah. Because you, and even if you are a thrower, let's say you're Ryan Krauser and you are, you live in lavish, right? <laughs> Quote unquote, right? He's Very not lavish. Usain Bolt. He's not making money. He doesn't yeah. have Usain Bolt money, right? Uh, relative to throwers. Champion. <laughs> Everybody knows Ryan Krauser, Joe yeah. Kovac, Tom Walsh, right? Um, and if it doesn't pay off, let's say you're 40 years old, you know, 45. And you don't have that stack, you know, securities, and you now have to do something else. And you still have to be a teammate, even if individual, uh, uh, individual thrower. Yep, that's true. You still have to know how to work with the team, and that's something that is going to hit you hard at some point, uh, some earlier than others. If you're a great athlete, maybe later. And you see so many of these athletes, NFL athletes, right? They lose their, they lose all their money, 
They, you know, get yeah. it back, lose it all. Uh, so there are skills that you have to learn that are very helpful to learn in college, not just uh, to throw far or to be, you know, very, very good athlete, but also how to work uh, as a team and work with other people and how to, you know, provide to yourself, for your family, right? Yep. Now you have to pay your own bills, right? There's no scholarship we're not paying. No scholarship. <laughs> so no now, scholarship. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's a good point. So, yeah, I mean, that, 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 that's so important, right? Um, and, uh, you know, but it is what it is, right? Like it's, listen, I, like I like challenges, right? Uh, and it, this is a very interesting challenge, right? Uh, so, and, and, it's, and, and it's when you face challenges that when you come up with innovative solutions, right? So, I mean, <laughs> yep. so yep. you, you, you yep. so I, I've never, I've never had to be way, I've never had to be so creative when it came to training. Right, because mm-hmm. I didn't have to think about how to be creative yeah. when it came to training when I was a college athlete, because I knew yeah. that okay, like I wake up in the morning, I go to class, you know, class was at a two, I go to practice, after practice mm-hmm. I go to the weight room, I lift, you know, recover, eat, go home, study, repeat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but but things change, right? Mm-hmm. So um, sometimes it's not as clear cut as that in the real world, right? Um, so you have to come up with creative solutions, right? And it's very so that's the fun part is having to think about okay, how am I gonna um, you know, how am I going to do this? Or, or, okay, like, I know that, you know, uh, I know that maybe squatting today is not going to be so good or, or how to, how to plan your practice schedule, right. Mm-hmm. And how to be creative. I think one of the interesting challenges is how to, how to get all I can out of practice while not killing myself during the week. Right. Yeah. I think it's very important. So I think being able to utilize the weekends is so important. Not mm-hmm. something that, you know, I did a whole lot when I was at UVA, Obviously, we always practice on Saturday. Saturday was important. And every yeah. once in a while, like, I throw on a Sunday, right? Yeah. But, yeah. but I never threw on a Saturday and a Sunday in the yeah. same weekend, yeah. right? Um, so it's, it's coming up with something creative like that so that, you know, if I could throw on Saturday and Sunday, that means I don't have to throw two times a week, I mean, two more times during the week, which means that I can throw Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, give myself some break, rest in yeah. between. And then, you know, build it around that weekend, which is the yeah. time in which you're not having to sit in the office and having to, yeah. you know, you know, have your back hunched up and typing on stuff. Right. So, yeah. um, so I think creativity is, so, you know, I embrace the challenge, right. Because I mean, this is, this is, this is how you get more efficient in life. Yeah. Right. And this is how you get creative. Right. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I embrace it. Uh, I think oh. it's awesome. As you did, it's it's like a muscle, right? Like more yeah. uh, uh, pa, more pressure you put on your muscles, you know, obviously smartly so they don't, they yeah. don't break, right? They're yeah. gonna you're gonna be sore. There's some uh, fibers that are gonna be inflamed, and they're gonna grow. They're gonna get better. Same thing as everything that you do uh, around, and you have to find that uh, balance of rest, like you said, uh, finding times uh, to not to throw, to rest, to heal. Yeah and uh, to, to move on, right? After that, yeah. that you can be fresh and trained. Um, yeah. How did your, uh, so, so in terms of injuries, right? How did you deal with those uh, both physically and mentally, you know? Oh yeah, so I think it was more mental uh, for me um, because I never had, uh, fortunately, I've never had, never suffered an injury that forced me to get surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, although I was always nicked up, I was always available to compete that weekend, yeah. which was very important, right? Uh, but these these little injuries add up over time, right? So, <laughs> you know, like one day your elbow hurts and then your yeah. elbow keeps hurting. You remember my second year at UVA and yeah. my wrist and elbow were killing me that year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, it's, it, it drove me insane, right? Um, yeah. And that was a chronic thing for the entire year. 
Yeah. Uh, and there was a point where I was like, I mean, can I even can I even continue to be able to throw? I mean, mm-hmm. the pain is just so much, right? Luckily today, my wrist and my elbow doesn't really bother me that much. Wrist hasn't even bothered me at all a whole lot all year. Nice. So probably yeah. the longest I've gone without having to worry about my wrist in terms yeah. of the pain that's generated that 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 comes from it. Mm-hmm. Really throwing pain free now. And I think, honestly, that's probably just a phase that I feel like a lot of throws have to go through in which you just have to break the arm in mm-hmm. over a period of time. Like, I imagine Joe Kovacs at some point had a, a year in which his wrist was killing him. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> you saw that picture of his uh, his yeah. hand? Like, it looks like it's yeah. uh, it looks like a balloon, later. right? Yeah. So, I mean, like, it's, I think that's just the part of the process. But, yeah, I mean, like, I think one of the things that made it worse was that you still have to be a student, right? Mm-hmm. So it feels like the world is falling apart as an athlete, right? And it's yeah. like, oh, crap, you feel like you want to give up, but you can't, right? Because you still have an obligation as a student athlete to be the best student you can be. Yes. You know, yes. so, um, so yeah, so this, this was, this was, this is, um, it was really tough to, you know, to be able to, you know, to think about it and navigate that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so it's just, it's it's really difficult, and I'll be the first one to tell you. Like, yeah. one of the great things about great things about UVA is that we have two great uh, sports psychologists who are there to help you. You know, mm-hmm. deal with a lot of these issues. So, you know, you know, there was my my first year, my second year at UVA, like pretty much the entire semester, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I went in, and 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 every Friday, I went mm-hmm. in and spoke to a sports psychologist about what I was dealing mm-hmm. with. Um, you know, how was I? How am I? You know, you know. How, what can I do to help me navigate this from a mental aspect? Because, you know, training is not just about what happens physically, it's about what happens in your head as well, right? If you don't yes. take care of your mind, yes. right, that's very important. And I know there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, and I, I feel like I'm not the only athlete who has to deal with, you know, injuries and having to worry about, um, and, and the worst part of my injuries is that I still have to compete, right? You know, because I was healthy, you know, yeah. it wasn't like I couldn't move. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, yeah. it wasn't a season-ending injury. It wasn't right? season-ending, right? So it's like, okay, like, you know, if I can go out there and compete, I'm going to compete, right? Um, you know, but yeah, but still, though, it builds toughness, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because you're not always going to be able to compete at your, you know, at your highest point. You can't compete when you're 100% healthy, right? Uh, but if, if you're able to learn how to compete when you're 75% or 80%, um, because that's just, you know, that's, I think that's not, you know, that can't be the reality all the time, right? I mean, there's going to be times in which you're going to have to be dealing with fatigue, right? There's going to be times in which, you know, your your wrist and your, you know, back. And, and the great thing is that there wasn't any other serious injuries that I had to deal with outside of really the wrist and elbow, right? Um, mm-hmm. Every once in a while, like, my back would be an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my quads, my quads from time to time. But it wasn't something that, like, I had to, like, oh, crap, like, I can't throw – yeah, for a month, yeah. Yeah, for a month. Like I was still able to go out and compete. Um, but having to deal with those aches and pains and, and, and navigate that is really important. So um, but luckily though, you know, uh, you know, we had a you know, we have some good trainers who were able to like, you know, do a good job of like helping me get into shape um and, and being able to navigate, you know, the uh navigate those issues so that I can be ready to compete, right? I think it's mm-hmm. another example of a resource you have to lean on is uh, you know, your your athletic trainers who are able to you know, yeah. help you navigate those pains and aches so that you're at your optimal point. Yeah. And I think I remember something that you told me um, way back in 2016. Um, you had talked about how, like, these little aches and pains are probably just examples of how, um, you know, your body are just, is just going through changes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how, like, you're, and I think that's exactly probably what's happened with my wrist and my elbow, right? Yep. 
It's like I probably went through two years of just um, uh, breaking know, two, in two years and three years of because I mean it's it's not natural to throw a sixteen bound ball two thousand times a year. <laughs> nope. nope. <laughs> I mean, so of course your wrist is gonna hurt, right? Your wrist, your elbow, mm-hmm. shoulder is gonna hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like once you finally break it in, right, mm-hmm. then it's like okay, like you know. So now I'm at a point where you know the wrist doesn't hurt you know, as much. The elbow doesn't hurt as yeah. much, right? Now, I still have other issues that I have to worry about, such as, you know, I have tight hips or, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But, I mean, a lot of throws have that issue, right? I'm not the only one, right? Yeah. Um, and there's ways around it, right? I think one of the things I started doing was a lot of further mobility again, right? Yeah. Uh, I go to massage therapist uh, two times a month, mm-hmm. um, 60 minutes massage. Mm-hmm. Um, and that and that helps me kind of gain knowledge on what I need to think about when I'm stretching and when I'm yeah. preparing to go out and throw for so um so one good example that i was talking to my massage therapist about was hey like i got i have when i when i run i've been feeling some sort of some tightness ar- along my my right quad and my right hip mm-hmm. right um you know how do i think about that right so last week i ran out and ran 10 minutes of hell before i did that <laughs> I before i did that i um i made sure to do some hurdle mobility for about half an hour mm-hmm. and realize that, Oh, it's so much easier for me to run just because I spent that time yes. just loosening yep. up, yep. just loosening up, you know, the hips and, and, yep. and just loosening up so that I can move better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told them that when I went to you know my massage this past Wednesday, I was like, Hey, yeah, like, you know, I, you know, I was, I was struggling to run, but you know what? I loosened up my hips through hurdle molds and now I can move much better. So yep. little things like that, that it's important to be conscious of. So, it's so important to keep those long-term perspectives in mind. Uh, and I love that you you were, and I even noticed uh, for those guys uh, who are listening now, uh, we do have you know two sports psychologists. We are uh, us as coaches. We cannot even ask you if you went. Yeah. Let alone what did you talked about, right? So uh, I'm very happy that you did that because uh, that is so important to have a mental trainer. To have a physical trainer, you have a mental trainer. Uh, LeBron James still yep. goes to see his parapsychologist, not yep. because you know he doesn't know what he's going to eat for breakfast, but because he wants to score a couple extra points a game, yeah. right? So he wants yeah. to be the top of his game because that 1% will put you how, – how far is one centimeter at World Championship in shot put? Right? A quarter of an inch. <laughs> right. <laughs> one, one centimeter can make you a world champion. Yeah. You third. Yeah. Two centimeters, if you're an inch, yeah. you don't get a medal, right? So that mental preparation, that little bit of extra mental uh, strength that you have can mean, you know, the, 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 all the glory of Joe yeah. Kovac. And, uh, you know, Walsh is like, what just happened? I just threw 22.90. Poor Romani. In third. <laughs> what is going on, right? So, I'm not saying that Walsh didn't go see his first Yeah. <laughs> I'm, sure I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure he did everything. But, no, that's just, I mean, you get to that level of competition. I yeah. mean, it's just a matter of, I mean, there's, there's every, the Krauser, Walsh, and, and, and Kovacs were both prepared to throw for him, right? Yes. So yeah. I guess, I guess, I don't know. The question is, what, what's happening to the brain at that point, exactly. right? Exactly, <laughs> and, and, and Ryan missed it. Yeah, he missed it. He, he missed, missed it to the right side, yeah. right? Like, he usually throws to the left side when he yeah. throws the furthest. Uh, so maybe if he had more, you know, a couple, a couple extra <laughs> moments to take a breath. Yeah, we're just, we're just speculating, right? We don't know, right? But... Yeah. You know, who do you think is going to break the world record first? 
Oh crap! <laughs> you know, hang on, I can ask you this because you have oh. experience in throwing. You're obviously one of the. Again, I'm going to mention uh, one of the best throwers in UVA of all time. Bobo threw over 20 meters quite a few times. Uh, who do you think is going to throw uh, 23 first? Man, that's, <laughs> that's such a good question. Uh, oh, man. Uh, God, I, I can make a case for all three, right? Yeah. Crowds are super consistent, right? So, you know, Crowds is going to walk into me throw at least 22, 30. Yeah. Uh, so, he's really consistent. Walsh is just an animal, right? Like, <laughs> he's just going to – you know, he's always in good shape. Uh, Kovacs is – everybody knows that Kovacs is good, but he could be – he could come off as a dark horse sometimes, right? Like, mm -hmm. he's, you know, yep. for that entire competition last year. Like, where was Kovacs? Until the last throw. <laughs> until the last, last throw, throw. Yep. <laughs> You know? So like, kind of hanging there. Like, yeah, hey, he's hanging there. Like, hey, I'm here, you know? Like, I'm in fifth, sixth place. We're, oh, 42-91, right? So, yeah. um, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Krauser. Mm. Right, because I think he's just—I mean, that twenty, that twenty-two ninety that he missed at the World Championship, yeah. yeah, that that could have been twenty, well over twenty-three. Yeah. Um, so I think he's probably the guy that's—I mean, if you look at that championship, I mean, he threw just as far as the other two guys, but he missed yeah. it, right? Yeah. Then yeah. Walsh got everything out of that twenty-two ninety. Kovacs got everything out of that twenty-two yeah. ninety. Yeah. So when I look at who has, who has more room to improve to be able to get to twenty-three. Like, Krauser's obviously the first guy I can think of is okay. because I know that he threw that far but clearly missed the ball. And that's what everybody's saying. It's like, okay, like, if he stayed on the shot a little bit longer, yeah. that would have been a 23-plus throw. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I always have a formula about world championships, and I would always say that uh, one, I love Walsh because he's usually the most prepared. Uh, yeah. And it's just a matter of who else is going to throw far that day, right? Mm -hmm. If no one else throws far, Walsh will win. If Krause yeah. and Kovac show up, then Wolf will finish second or third, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, um, yeah. you know, and then Krause was just oh, amazing. And then Kovacs never, never, never gave up on Kovacs, man. Like, he. <laughs> yeah. and how about Darlan Romani? I feel I was, I was rewatching <laughs> it. I was rewatching it. I look this at is how face. crazy Shopper is right now. <laughs> we are not even, the guy throws. Furthest anybody ever throw in uh, major championships, right? It would be Olympic record hold, yeah. uh, holder if you threw that Olympics and World Championship record as well, right? 22-58, what are you through? 22-53, something, like, yeah. something like that. And then he gets fourth. He gets fourth. He gets fourth. And he threw 22-60 in Diamond League. He beat everybody in uh, you, now Eugene at uh, Palo Alto, right? Yeah, Palo Alto. Uh, he, I mean, man, I, I don't know. Like, who's the next kid, though? Like, there's so many kids Hello. behind uh, Philip is coming up. Phillip, like he's I, going I, to his weight. I'm telling you, Coach, yep. watch Philip. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all. That's all. I'm saying. Watch Philip. I'll watch he's it. Not even, like, he's not even. He's not even 28, 20, 29 years old, Philip. Like, right? So Philip has a little bit 25. of growing to do. Yeah. Like, like I said, this is the reason I said I, I think I know that you would be uh, NCAA record holder if you started earlier, and I know that you would throw even further in professional career because you're not even close to your 30 either yeah this is where the big throws come right when you yeah. when you're pushing against you know 26 27 28 29 30 i would say 28 to 32 that's the shot putters and discus throwers hammer throws even a little later that's their their peak right yeah. depending on you know body to body obviously depending on what you did in, in, in the childhood yeah. obviously uh, but those guys i think kovac is in a peak Kovac had a 24-30 foul a few years back. Remember yes, that? Yes, I remember that. I remember that. 2014. So he's – I don't know if he's in the peak or he's – I don't know what's going on. He's just <laughs> wanted 
800 pounds. Yeah, yeah, how many pounds was that? 720, 730, 750, something like that for or 10. 10. <laughs> and he was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, he could have done 20. I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. Higher, but not, not – he could have done a couple more too. Yeah, it's 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 incredible uh, watching it and, and watching Joe. Uh, I, I this, the shot putting is just so tough. I could, I can't even make it. You know, I I can't bet. I I, I can't, I don't, I can't bet. Know what's going to happen? You know, I have no idea. And I know that the world record is going to get broken. Yeah, I, I think Chuck can throw. He can chuck it all, also over twenty two. Uh, obviously, Philip is there. How about uh, Bukowski? Bukowski is like another guy. I think he still has another five years until he peaks. Yeah, or ninety six. Ninety ninety seven. <laughs> baby, a baby. Uh, you have Haratik. You oh, have yeah. Stanek. More 22 meter guys. I mean, this is insane. The time we're living. How many people throw 22? Stroll still throwing. You know, yep. he, still, he can still throw 2180. Oh 20, yeah, 2190, oh. maybe 22. So um, I mean, I think if David Stor, I'm, I'm, I've been joking with this a little bit, but not really. What do you think if if David uh, David Stor uh, would uh, go rotational? Uh, first year will be 18 meters. Second, no, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> first year will be 18 meters, and then and then and then you'll see by year two, by year three. I mean, he's he'll be throwing 22. Yeah. If there was a guy, there was a glider from Spain way back in way back in the day, in like the early mid 2000s. Okay. With a glider, and switched to the rotational, right? And I think yeah. he threw. He, I think he threw okay. So like, how about well, well talk about these days, guy from Luxembourg, uh, Bob. Uh, Bob, Bob was Bertel. a glider. Yeah, Bob Bert. Yeah, twenty ninety or twenty, and now he threw twenty two something. Yeah, so that's that's about Bob completely. I'm yeah, I'm just saying, like you know, just because you know, like it, it's gonna take time having to go from glide to rotational, right? Um, but Bob is a perfect example, yeah. right? Um, you know, so it's interesting. I, I think. Um, yeah, I think the world of shot putting is is insane. I think one of the one of the interesting things that I always talk about, always joke around with people is, I mean, what will the USA Championships look like next year? Exactly. Because- look at Darrell Hill. We're <laughs> <laughs> not even Darrell is the guy that I thought he's going to throw a world record. I still think he can yeah. throw a world record. I think he took a year off. He's like, okay, you guys go ahead. You guys you know? go ahead, right? <laughs> I mean, six throws over twenty-two come up. meters. Twenty-two forty. Well, he mean, threw. You know, like it's, he has it's, so much in the tank too. He can I mean, be a world. I, mean, I think he can throw. I don't know if he's going to be the first one, but I, I know that he can throw 23 meters. Yeah. I, so yeah, I, U.S. Championships. Look at it. U.S. Championships, right? You got. You think about think about all of the athletes that are going to be there uh, competing at the U.S. Championships, right? You got you got Kovacs, you got Krauser, you got um, Darrell Hill. Uh, and then you got to think about the college guys: Odadal, uh, Perry, um, uh, Litskowitz. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Litskowitz. Um, Odadal's little brother. Who threw yep. 20 meters earlier yep. this season? Yep. Uh, Turner Washington, uh, Jordan Geist. I mean, <laughs> just, we're not even scratching the surface with this. Pazio. I mean, the list goes on and <laughs> the list goes on and on. The guys and on about can it. throw 70 feet, right? What? A list of the guys that can throw over so 70 feet. Yeah, over 70 feet. I mean, so like you know, you you think about the potential for. I mean, talk about worlds. I mean, like and and, and Olympics. I mean, yeah, sure, we we. You know, we get that. I mean, USA. I mean, that's going to be the preliminary fireworks for the Olympics. I mean, because, I mean, who's what will you have to throw just to make the team? To make the team, you got to, <laughs> you know, best shape of your life. Life. That's you know? the crazy thing about trials. I think trials should be like three weeks before an Olympics. Yeah. Uh, for those guys, because if you, <laughs> they, they, I mean, obviously there's different reasons why you cannot do it, but I think. 
the best would be if the trials will be a couple of weeks before Olympics because then all the U.S. throwers will come to the World Championships ready. Even though this was amazing, again, not the fact that everybody threw – everybody. So many people threw so far at the World Championship in Doha. Yeah. At the, it was also the fact that it was so late. Late, was yeah. Over. Yeah, think, think about Walsh. Walsh was throwing since January. And He's like, he, I've been, I've been <laughs> peeing for four years. I, mean, I, know. I got Commonwealth Games. I have World Championships. And then I have, you know, Australian or New Zealand Championships, which is in February and March. And then you have World Championships in December. Like, he doesn't even know what time zone or what time of the year, what season it is. Yeah. I mean, that's, no, it's a good point, right? Like, it's, you know, you have a guy who's been competing so long, you know, like, it's, it's, it's incredible. So, I mean, I just think that, um, you know, and the, the, the U.S. scene and the shot put is just insane. I mean, there's so many good throws at the collegiate level. I mean, I always talk about Turner Washington. It's like one of the guys to follow because he's a guy who can go hot or cold, right? Like he will throw 19 one week and then he'll throw like 21 the next week. I don't know. Right. He's, uh, he's predictable. Right. And Pippery is so consistent. Um, you know, it just, there's just so many good throwers and like, uh, you know, and there's so many good throws in the U S and there's so many good throws in the world. I think this is a really great time for uh shot putting in general. I mean, it's just, uh, it's literally a renaissance of just yeah. so much, you know, you know, so much athleticism that's being brought into the sport and man, even the future of the sport is so bright. We have three 20-meter throwers, and I even mentioned McKay Johnson from California, another guy, right? <laughs> just, just another guy, right? You know, just like there's more names, you know? Um, I mean, even in Nigeria, right, where, you know, I talk about how it's getting tough, where you got, you got Chuck, you got um, Datun from, you know, yeah. UCLA thrower. Yeah. Um, you got me, you got another guy who's yeah. from um, the, another UCLA thrower who threw 1950 yeah. as a freshman last year. Um, he's on a football, Otito, he's on a football team, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, football team at UCLA. So, I mean, like, there's so many good athletes in a lot of different countries around, right now in the shop. But it's just amazing, it's um, the talent that's available. So, yeah. um, and it's crazy because I have to compete, right? So, I, I didn't even have the chance to be a spectator yet. Yeah. <laughs> so I gotta, you were with them. I was with them, right? That's also one of the greatest things that you guys did. You threw with these guys during their in, in their yeah. you know, beginning – to reach their peak and during their primes, you threw here with Joe Kovac. Remember uh, yep, uh, the yep. 2019, he was fouling over 23 and a half yep, yep. Uh, before he went on to world world championships. That's true. Uh, and we were witnessing that, right? So that's incredible uh, to be, what a time to be alive, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. So um, yeah, it's, it's just an amazing time for, for shot putting and even for discus too. I mean, good God. I mean, the discus is amazing with, with Bakers and, and, and style and, Yep. And I was watching some style footage of how he filed that 7250 or 7280 yep. a couple of years ago. I mean, it's 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 insane. So oh, I love what they're shaking in shot and discus. Uh, yeah, my favorite guy is uh, Fedrick uh, yeah. because he has such a smooth technique and yeah. uh, he's a great person as well. He did lose to Philip in pen relays yeah, in, uh, <laughs> that one time. Uh, however, oh. he, uh, he is obviously, uh, like I said, one of my my, my favorite throwers. In this case, I think he's because so, so smooth, great person, great coaches. Yeah. Daniel Stahl, I don't know how far he can throw. He yeah, can throw 80 meters. I don't know. Like he, <laughs> he, can, he can whip it. He has albatross arms. He is enormous. Yeah. He's, he's, he's enormous. He's 6'8", 6'9". 6'7", 6'8", 300, something so, like that. Yeah. And then his arm span is, you know, 200. Uh, we measure it, 7'2". Wow. 7'2 so is his arm span. And he's strong as, I mean, how many times – Five times three fifty, something like that. It's insane. 
<laughs> it's just so exciting to, yeah. to be to witness this firsthand. And obviously, uh, I, I uh, like I said, you guys having these guys as your friends too, right? So when yeah. they see you, you know them by name. You threw with them. It's it's and they're friends from all over the world. And it's such a unique time to uh, to to be. Uh, we talked about this with one other coach. People are so much friendly in these days. Those throwers in the teams that you know you talk to all the throwers from different schools, right? When you were competing, they were cheering for you. You were cheering for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't quite a case. Uh, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, uh, like Nick Ponzio, for example. Yeah. He's a New York, he's a New York Giants fan, so he and yeah. I like. I, I DM'd him a couple of last weekend during the draft and just like kind of picked his yeah. brain about what he thought of, yeah. of the, of, of the Giants. So yeah. I remember in college, I actually sent them, I'd, I'd, um, I sent the message to Maggie, asking Maggie about like how she would, uh, how she would wrap her wrist, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, just like kind of like, so I think one of the great things I love about the throwing community is that everybody's always learning from each other, right? Everybody's yes. always picking each other's yes. brains. Right. Um, and it's, it's, and it, it doesn't, it's not like I'll ever, you know, get a bad response from anyone, yeah. you know, like, you know, we're, we're willing to learn from each other. So I'm willing, I, you know, if I don't know any, if I don't know something, like I will be, you know, be more than happy to go and pick, um, you know, Maggie Ewing's brain about something yep. or, or, or talk to Ponzio about something or, yeah. or talk to Halo Thor about something. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's always, I think that's the one of the great things that I yeah. love about the throwing community in general is that, yeah. you know, we're all super friendly. We all know each other. We all want each other to do well. Yeah. Um, and we're all willing to share knowledge and, and progress the sport, right? So it's kind of like going back to what I've been talking about, team, right? Like we're all, <laughs> yeah, you know, we're all competing against each other, but we're all working as a team to move the sport forward, you know, shop it. And- exactly. Move the sport forward. Everybody yeah. benefits from it. And uh, Everybody. one of the reasons why I'm having this podcast is to bring your guys' experiences to yeah. those who are struggling with some things that they can avoid yeah. doing them and then, you know, make some obstacles a little, uh, a little shorter. Yeah. Go through the life easier and make it better. And then we can see many 23 meter shot putters, 75 meter discus throwers. Um, and I, like I said, I love the fact that uh, culture, there's no other way. You have to help each other regardless of what team you are in, uh, in terms of college team, right? Or whose country you're throwing for. Uh, if we want to make this sport uh, survive not, not a couple of hundreds of years <laughs> or not but a couple of him uh, a couple of decades we have to stick together because if it wasn't for you it wasn't be it wouldn't be for that guy who got second third and you would not be first if there wasn't a second third guy right so you all even though you win they're still there and you have to be appreciative because they're there for for you and you're there for them right yeah for sure if nobody was throwing we would not be talking right now yeah, nobody would care about Pobo show yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm you know what I'm saying? Man. If there wasn't for everybody else <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, who are in it. So we have to appreciate our competition, right? Yeah. And those yeah. quote unquote small, small uh, players in it, right? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah. a beautiful thing. Talking about not being able to win, will you think Giants will ever win a Super Bowl ever again? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Giants. I think so. I'm just getting first. I know it's well. My, I think the uh, well. First of all, I think the Giants, they have a lot of good offensive pieces, right? So they got okay. obviously they found their quarterback of the future, Daniel Jones. Uh, they got okay. Saquon Barkley. You know how strong Saquon is, right? He yeah. puts his foot yeah. on the ground and, and turns. It's over, right? Yeah. Um, and they got they got some, uh, some good wide receivers and a good yeah. tight end and Evan Ingram. So, uh, I think offensively the Giants will be a lot better. I still think they're gonna have a bad record just because the defense is terrible. Okay. Um, okay. I don't think they've done a whole lot to address the defense this off season. Yeah. Uh, but you know, uh, 
listen, the Giants. So, so defense, defense is what they have to work on. Yeah, defense, to, uh, uh, defense is a weak one. Uh, but, you know, the Giants, I'm blessed to have witnessed two Super Bowls as a kid. You know, mm. the Giants winning oh, okay. 2007 and 2011. Yeah. Um, both against the Patriots, who I can't stand. <laughs> I was, I, I'm waiting to ask you another question. Yeah. <laughs> I can't stand the Patriots. Um, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, so I, 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 right now I'm just kind of in a holding pattern with the Giants, right? Whatever the Giants do, I just hope they'll be a little bit better. Mainly I'm concerned about just the progression of the team because yeah. we're not going to compete for anything anytime soon. But, you know, if we can, if we can be good – you know, I think the big concern is, well, you got to win something before you have to think about paying Daniel Jones or paying Saquon Barkley, right? Because these guys are – Saquon Barkley is two years into – two years? Yeah, I think so. Two years into the NFL. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be long before his rookie contract is over. Yeah. They have to think about, well, do I get another running back or do I, do I pay the guy, right? Mm. If you're going to pay him $14, $15 million, yeah, it's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, so – and we've seen, we've seen running backs – and history of them getting paid that much money and them not being able to perform well. So it's a serious question that the Giants have to think about, yeah. um, you know, in the future is, is okay. Like, can we put together a good enough roster to contend mm. or championship before we have to start paying these guys or before we have to think about blowing it all up and starting yeah. all over again? Yeah. So it's really interesting. So we'll see. What, what do Jets need to uh, be competitive? Oh, that's a good question. I really don't follow the Jets a whole lot, but yeah. they got some, what I've heard is that they got the, they drafted some wide receivers. So that would be okay. a little bit of help for Sam Darnold. Um, it'll be Darnold and Gase's second year working together. Um, so I think that they'll be – well, first of all, let me, let me put this in context. The Jets went 6-10 and 10 or 7-9 and nine last year or something like that. Okay. Um, and, and Darnold missed like six games with mono, right? So, uh, okay, okay, <laughs> so okay. I mean, I, the, the Jets roster, the Jets going to be, I think, much better this year. That's I don't know solid. if they're winning okay. the division. But I can see them going – Seven and nine, or eight and eight, maybe nine and seven. Um, you know, I think it's just repetitions at this point. Um, oh. I know that they think they have a pretty solid defense, and um, they're helping Darnell out on the offense as well. So, okay. um, we'll see what happens. It'll, it'll, it'll be worth watching their games then. Yeah, um, for sure, for sure. Uh, one more question about NFL uh, before we move on. <laughs> um, Brittany Jones, obviously, she's a big fan of Patriots. And what would you? <laughs> What kind of message do you have to send to her or uh, opinion about Tom Brady leaving? Um, yeah, well, I don't know. Tom Brady is – I guess does no one – Does he have more uh, gun, you know, gun potter in him? That, can he produce? I th you know, I think the ba Buccaneers are doing a good job of helping him out, right? So he's got a lot of – he's got uh, two of the best wide receivers in the NFL and, and um, okay. Mike, Mike okay. Evans and Chris Godwin. So – I think that's probably the best set of wide receivers he's going to have in a long time. Mm. Rakowski came out of retirement. And he's, in, yeah. he's in Tampa now. Um, they drafted one of the two best offensive linemen um, to protect him. So, I mean, they're, they're building. They, they have all the pieces to be good. Okay. Um, I don't know what Brady's going to do. I mean, that's, that's another question, right? He's, got, he's still got to throw the football. Um, but uh, with the talent that he has around him, I, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots – I'm excuse me, the Buccaneers, yeah, yeah. you know, they, they, they won, enough, won enough games and find a way to get into the playoffs. I still don't think they're the best team in their division. I think the yeah. Saints are much better than them. Um, and, uh, but I think I would, I would, I think the, I think the Buccaneers can be a playoff team next year. And so uh, if you're, 
this is my uh, i'm not i don't know much about football as i do basketball or track uh if you're a football fan for patriots you, do you still cheer against them like, are you still um tom brady's fan like well, how does that do you hate him now can you hate him I, i i don't hate brady i mean well yeah. I, i actually i do hate well not really <laughs> <laughs> i'm not <laughs> um, <laughs> I take that back. I do. I that back. Um, in a good way. In yeah, a good way, right? Yeah, I mean, well, Brady Furry, he's such a he's such a competitor, right? Like if yeah, you had yeah. if and that's something as an athlete, that's something that I admire, right? I admire his competitive nature. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um I just can't stand a New England one all the time. If you're a Patriots fan, you have to be thankful for what he's done. Yeah. He's a six round draft pick who came into your organization yeah, yeah. and won six Super Bowls. And for twenty yeah. years you've always won the divisions, right? Except yeah. for one year that Brady yeah. got hurt, right? So if you're a Patriots fan, how can you hate the guy? You have to be thankful for what he's done and you, yeah. you just have to wish him success. Um, you know, and, and I don't know what the Patriots are going to do this year. Uh, we'll have to see. But, you know, if you're a Patriots fan, you have to be thankful for, you know, someone who yeah. dedicated 20 years of their career to your organization and yeah. has delivered you six Super Bowls. Because the reality is that, I mean, were the Patriots that good before? I mean, they were – They were pretty good with when they had Drew Bledsoe, right? But yeah. were the Patriots that relevant of a franchise, mm. like before Brady got there? Right, got right. there. And I don't know because I'm not, I, you know, I'm I wasn't a, I wasn't have been around for a long time. I don't know mm. what the Patriots were like in the 1980s. Yeah. Um, but you know, but now they are. So 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 yeah. like I guess the question is, if you're a Patriots fan, this is why I always bang on Brittany, right? Because <laughs> she's been so blessed to have such a great team for all of her life, right? <laughs> And at some point, I keep I keep warning. I was like, "This can't go on forever." Yeah, like, this shall this, this, this too is, shall pass. This is not something that happens all the time. So, yeah. if there's 20 years in which your organization was good, there's going to be at least 15 which is going to be bad, right? Yeah. Now, yeah. at some point in your life, right? This just cannot happen, right? At least with the Giants, the Giants, you know, they'll be bad for yeah. three years. Oh, well, it's lasting, right? You know, make the playoffs. Like, well, you know, that's how a lot of teams work. But the, the yeah. Patriots. To be so good for so long, I'm like, it takes an unparalleled amount of luck. Yeah. And yeah. there's no way in the world that the that this franchise, I mean, I mean, Kraft is old, right? Mm -hmm. Belichick, I mean, he's 67 or 68. Yeah. I yeah. imagine he's yeah. retired at some point. So the pieces of the puzzle that made that organization so good are not going to be around for a long time. Yeah. Right. So what are you going to do when you're 35 years old and and the Patriots are one in 15 because they have new ownership and, <laughs> and, and, new coach, right? and then and then if you're a Patriots fan no growing up witnessing this witnessing yes. how good Brady is yes like, how will it feel when the Patriots go on this long stint where they're really bad so that's what I'm waiting for so I'm waiting for that 10-year period where the Patriots <laughs> just suck <laughs> I think I think that's a uh, that's a You know, joke on the side, but that's a that's a, a very big part of growing up, right? Like, yeah. you're born into this. Like, oh, of course, Patriots are going to be winning yeah. all the time. Uh, Chicago Bulls, right? You have to yeah, you have so to have Bulls the downtime to build your strong, right? You have to endure some losing. Yeah, you got to endure make some a better losing, person. You know? Like, come on, like you know, I, I've done my fair share of losing with the Giants, <laughs> right? But it's okay, right? That's why. Yeah. But it's almost as if they take almost as if these divisions are for granted in New England, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's all oh, these Super Bowls, right? And yeah. there will be a day in which the Patriots will barely struggle to win five games in a year, right? And yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm waiting for, is how will these Patriots fans react 
when the Patriots are no longer as good as they were yeah, when they were growing yeah. up as a kid. Because they're not expected to win, right? But I, I am conditioned for my Giants to be bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> they've been bad most of my childhood, like, right? Oh, <laughs> so, it's like, so it's like, I don't have my hopes up, right? Because I yep. grew up, you know, the Giants were, they weren't the greatest, right? They yep. got a couple Super Bowls here and there. Uh, yep. But for the most part, the mediocrity, right? You so appreciate like, your wins way I, more. I appreciate them way more, right? And I understand the team more, right? So I'm intrigued. How will yeah. Patriots fans respond, you know, when the Patriots go five, ten years without winning anything? That's, that's what I'm intrigued to see about. Yeah? No, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm interested to see that as well. Obviously, Bobo, you know so much about sports. Um, you were not just track. Obviously, you know, you grew up in New York, big, big uh, sports city. What, what – and you were doing a great job with your show as well, uh, showing, you know, your knowledge and your insights. What do you think – One more question before I let you go. In your mind, you know, what are some top of the – of all time, top of the athletes from any sports that come to your mind? What are some incredible athletes in, in world history? Uh, in the world or just in um, just in New any York? Sport, any sport. Any sport. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'll start off with Usain Bolt. Okay. Um, I mean, the greatest sprinter of, uh, of all time, yeah. without a doubt. Um, in, in my opinion – Uh, he's brought so much energy to the sport and, you know, he's just exciting to watch. So, I mean, Usain Bolt, uh, I think Michael Jordan and LeBron James, I'll put the, I'll group those two together. Okay. Uh, I think I'm learning, I'm learning a lot more about Michael, Michael Jordan now because of the last dance documentary, which is really, really good. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Um, it's, good? it's, it's really good. It chronicles the last year of the bulls in 97, 98 season. Uh, oh. and it's just, it's just, it's just incredible. It's worth watching. So, right. I'll put yeah, You know, so I'm learning more about Michael Jordan um, and his competitive nature, you know, his, his drive, his will to win, mm -hmm. right? Um, he, he, you know, he wasn't about, you know, oh, let's, let's tank to get a draft pick. No, he was like, mm -hmm. we're going to win this. We're going to win this game. You know, we're going to do the best yeah. we can to win this game. We're going we're gonna to go out and win, right? Um, LeBron James, I admire his, uh, you know, the way he's taking care of his body and the yeah. way he's yeah. been such a dominant athlete in the NBA mm -hmm. for the last, You know, uh, when, when 20 he years, to, 15, whatever he's been yeah. playing for, from the first day he stepped on court. Yeah, he came into the league in 2003 or 2004, and wow. he's been, like, amazing for, for 17, 18 years. Um, you know, and it's, it's impressive that he's 34, 35 years old, and a lot of people in the league still regard him as the best player mm -hmm. in the NBA and the best player in the world. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I'll definitely put LeBron James uh, on that, on that um, you, know, you know, on that pedestal. Um, I'm trying to think of like some, some baseball. How about female athletes? Oh, um, Serena Williams mm. is, is my, is my favorite. Uh, you know, what she's done for the sport of women's tennis is yeah. what she's done yeah. for women's tennis has just been incredible. Um, I don't, I'm not gonna lie. I don't really follow a whole lot of, uh, women's sports a lot. What I will say though, is that there is one of my favorite, actually my favorite female thrower, uh, on the circuit right now is Deanna Price. Um, okay. I, I love, I love her energy. I love the passion she brings to the ring, mm -hmm. um, you know, and the hard work and the dedication and just, the, the, and just, I mean, she throws far and, you know, she's amazing at it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just love her intensity. Right. Um, so I love watching, you know, Deanna Price throw, mm -hmm. you know, I love following how she's doing. I was so happy when she won the world championship. She's very motivational. She's very, yeah. Very encouraging, very motivational, very encouraging, very sweet. You know, she's mm -hmm. a very nice person. Um, you know, so Deanna Price, um, Michelle Carter, obviously, the first American 
Thorn the Woman shot put. Mm -hmm. I think that's really uh, that that's a really incredible thing to have um, to mention as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really excited for. I think the women's throwing on the, on the USA side is going to be really interesting over the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah. There's so many good hammer throws in the U.S. There's so many good shot putters. You know, um, God, like Maggie Ewan, yeah, uh, Chase yeah. Ely, uh, Raven Saunders. I mean, it's mm -hmm. just, the list goes on and on and on. And then on the hammer side, you know, you got you know um, Maggie Brooke Anderson, yeah. um, yeah. Gwen Berry still throwing at a yeah. high level. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, and Gwen Berry is another athlete. She reminds me of Jade because I don't think she was a hammer throw when she first started. Really, I don't. I don't know I her history. So. I know she's yeah, too far. <laughs> I know she's too far, but I think, um, God, what is she? She's not the tallest person there. No, that's for she's sure. Not. What is she? She threw at a. She what she threw at Southern Illinois was what she threw at. Oh, I can't sure. remember. I can't remember. Um, but I, I read something that I don't think she. I don't think she was a hammer thrower by trade. She might have really? been a jumper, something like that. Uh, and she she came in. She she's a world, she's a world record holder in weight. Is she or she was? I think so. Twenty twenty. Yeah, it's either her or Deanna. I can't remember. Okay. But Gwen, yeah, Gwen threw something ridiculous, like 25 something. Yeah, I think she was, <laughs> if not still, she, I mean, uh, but yeah, I think far. she's still a world record holder. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think if there's any other female. I mean, I'm sure there's, there's a lot of, you know, inspirational female athletes in women's basketball who are pushing mm -hmm. the game forward there. Um, obviously, women's soccer, um, you know, that's so important. Who was, uh, who was your favorite athlete? Uh, from you, we, I, I'll leave you this because I know, I know you got to work. You're working, yeah. man. Last question before I let you go. At UVA, except track, who are your some of your favorite athletes, either of all time or, or athletes that you have met on both uh, uh, women and men's side? Well, that's a good question. Because um, hmm. you you're, you were here during the NCA historic. Yeah, I, was, I was here during some. Yeah, I was here doing some good How was that? Let's go back to that moment. How, <laughs> how did you feel? How did you feel? And I saw the video when, when the buzzer uh, set, uh, you know, zero and we were NCAA champions in Boston. I cried. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I almost literally tearing up. And yeah. Telma, Telma and Brittany were there. Like, I was crying. Yeah. Like, it was, it was just an amazing moment. And I, I, I wasn't crying because of me or because of the team. I was crying because of all of the people who live in Charlottesville yeah. who've been waiting for this moment for yeah. 30, 40, 50 years to yeah. happen, yeah. right? And the team has come so close with so many times, right? When, yeah. when, when they got to the Final Four back in the 80s, right? Yeah. Um, during, I think, during the Ralph Sampson years? Yep, yep, yep. Um, you know, and they, didn't, and they couldn't win, right? You know, yeah. these people have been waiting. I sat in front of elderly folks, and they yeah. were waiting for so long their entire lives to see this happen. Um, and, and I cried for them. I cried for the city of Charlottesville because yeah. there's no guarantee when it's going to happen again, yep. right? Um, we don't know when it's going to happen again. It's such a special moment. But I got to witness, you know, something special like that happen. And I can tell my kids, you know, that, you know, hey, when I was in college, you know, I saw UVA win a national championship. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and you know those guys. You were eating at uh, uh, you, uh, and, uh, well, I, uh, dining hall with them. You were taking classes yeah. with them, right? Yeah, Mom, Mamadi is a character. I mean, yeah. he knows. I impersonated him at the at the at the uh, at the uh, Who's Choice Award last year. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> when he hosted, yep. Uh, uh, so you know, he's a character. Uh, you know, I mean, Jay Huff is just another great guy as well. Mm. Um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of. I know Malcolm Brogdon got his MPP uh, yep. at a batting school, so yep. you know, it's just another testament to how these athletes are 
they're not only exceptional on the court, but they're also exceptional, you know, in class as well. Classroom, which is yeah. Really important. Um, so yeah, like I'm, I'm, you know, uh, you know, it's amazing. I think probably the one athlete that uh, I really appreciate the most is is kind of is Bryce Perkins, right? Um, mm. I mean, this is a guy who suffered a lot of injuries, you know, um, before he came to UVA. Yeah. And he had a lot that was tasked of that was asked of him when he came here, right? We're, yeah. we're rebuilding yeah. the program. And we're asking you to help as the quarterback, your job is to lead us to this new era of UVA football. Yeah. Um, and I, sometimes it was, sometimes it was, I was angry, right? Like he made some dumb passes, right? Or whatever yeah. it is. Right. Um, but you know what? I think one of the things that I appreciated was the fact that, you know, he was a nice guy, never had any bad interaction with him. Nice. Um, uh, at the same, and he also worked hard, right? And that showed in his game, right? Um, because I thought that UVA was going to get better because Bryce Perkins was going to get better. And he did. And mm. he, was, he was just incredible, um, mm. you know, for UVA football this year. Um, it was just amazing, amazing watching him progress and watching him become a better football player and watching him become a team leader. Uh, he, I felt like he really put the program, you know, on his back. Yep. Uh, and put the city of Charlottesville on his back, you know, and, 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 you know, and led us to this new, yeah. to what we're entering as a new era of Virginia football. And then you look yeah. at all these recruits that are starting to fall in. I mean, every day I look, oh, Virginia lands, four-star recruit this, this person transferred to Virginia, five-star this. Four, yeah. I'm like, wow, it's crazy, man. The like, wave is coming, yeah. The wave is coming, right? Like you look at the, I think UVA had the, like the 29th best recruiting class in the country mm-hmm. this year, which is incredible, right? Like, you know, it's just, I've never seen us recruit that 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 yeah, well. Yeah. Um, so this is just, you know, he played a big role in, in turning this around. Mm. Um, so, you know, I give a lot of credit to him, and I think yeah. he should go down as probably um, one of the you know you know best you know athletes of all time in UVA just because of what he did. You know, what what he changed the program basically. What, right? what 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 yeah? What his his impact on the program? I mean, like. I mean, and and that's important. And yeah, sure, maybe you can find, uh, maybe you can find better athletes who perform better than him across other sports. But mm. football is such a high-profile sport in the NCAA, and yeah. you know, to change around a program that I mean, you couldn't you couldn't beat Virginia Tech for 15 years, right? Yeah. And he was the one who led us. Yeah. You know, to be able to do that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's it's not more about it's not about his talent, but it's about his impact. Yeah. Uh, on, on the program and the entire athletic department as a whole, right? So that's why I, I put him up there as well. So, yeah, no, yeah and Boa, you're a part of uh, I agree with you on, on all those counts, and you were part of it as well during your time, you know, your era here. I know football players will look up to you like, damn, he's so strong. <laughs> we got to step it up. <laughs> Micah Kaiser, once, Micah Kaiser who's, who's with the Rams now, once walked up to me. And once asked me how I had how I got big forearms, and I was like, I don't know, dude. Like, I have no idea. It just happened, right? Uh, so. I throw throw a sixteen pound shot. <laughs> <laughs> so it's tough. It's tough, you know. Um, yeah. I try. I uh, I want to thank you, Pablo, and I thank you so many times, and I'm going to continue to do that for what you have done for this program, for me, for your teammates. You were a crucial part of this. You made us better. You did not leave way through you you did not we did not leave way through without you making us feel better because every time you would come in you would yeah. come with energy regardless how many classes you had uh how many exams you had you were always bringing energy up you were making your teammates better motivated them making them feel better about themselves and giving good advice always positive pobo i'm grateful to agree to you and uh you made me a better person 
And I hope we can do this more often. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This was awesome. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I really appreciate it. And maybe next time you come on the Popo Show, we can talk about, you know, just the world of the world of uh, of track and field and NBA yeah. athletics and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, yeah, when we, track opens up, we can talk yeah. more. Who's gonna break the world record? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. So uh, I really appreciate it, Coach. Uh, you know, you've been so instrumental in my success as a not only an athlete but as a person as well. Um, you know, having someone who you know was just not you know wasn't just oh like a, an athlete because everybody knows you won NCAA 2009 in the discus. I mean, you were a very exceptional athlete, but um, someone who studied well, right? Remember you, all the stories you told me about how you had to, you know, study for your master's degree while you were coaching, you know, Jordan and Philip, right? You know, and you got to study with Jordan, right? At the same, <laughs> at the same time, right? Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> so, you know, um, so it's not often that you're going to be able to run into people like that um, who have, who have the drive to make themselves better and to make the people around them better. Um, and I'm very happy that UVA has this coach. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's not a there's, there's I don't think there's any coach in NCAA is better as good as you. Uh, you are the best. Um, and 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 I really appreciate it. And uh, you know, we did a lot of great things. You know, and uh, I'm I'm so excited for the athletes that are there now uh, because I know they're going to be able to succeed. And uh, I'm excited. And I always be who you know you know me, coach. Like I'm only yeah. two hours away. Yeah. I'm only down the road. Uh, literally, I drive. To, to Route 29, and that's it. Right? Yeah. So, like, uh, you know, like, I'm always going to be there. You know, if, if, if UVA ever needs anything from me, I'm yeah. always willing to step in and help. So, Well, it was, uh, it was mutual. You gave a lot to us, and uh, hopefully, yeah, you got, you got uh, something out of it as well. But we know we benefited a lot. We are always grateful. And these guys uh, need to see you, too. So, yeah, do stop by and show them how to deadlift and squat. because yeah, they, for sure. They need, to, they need to eat more a little bit as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely i can help out with that so awesome paul thank you so much thank you so much best of luck coach you take care all right take care take care all right. bye, bye. 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 bye.